This is On Brand, a podcast where we discuss the ideas and antics of one, Russell Brand. I'm Al Worth, and each week I go through an episode of Brand's show with my co-host, Lauren B. That's me, Lauren B. And I don't know what we're up to today, but uh, if history has any bearing, then um, it's probably not good. Probably not good. It's definitely not good, which is why we do the good thing before the bad thing. Lauren, what is your good thing before the bad thing this week? So I, um, there were, uh, youths out on the street today <laughs> in front of my house, which is normally a, a crisis. Well, uh -huh. you know, the youths in the mm -hmm. most Tina face sense of today. Yes, usually yep. when I hear youths outdoors and like, oh, youths today, they were marching up and down and they were, um, they were demonstrating for a ceasefire, which I think is fucking awesome cool. i do live close to a couple of schools and usually when i hear these fucking little monsters screaming outside i'm like oh god but today mm -hmm. it was very exciting and i ran out the window and I, I like i was going to holler you know like to the river to the sea or something else supportive but then i caught uh my reflection in the window and realized that i looked like an old sea hag that had just <laughs> <laughs> crawled out of a swamp wearing a fucking old Mickey Mouse t-shirt and I was like the shirt's too much I can't like hair hair's dear, dear. Too, like not not accessible enough the hair uh -huh. the hair gives me away as to how like tired I am and it was the Mickey Mouse shirt that's like that looks crazy don't yell at these children yeah. you'll just frighten them but in my heart I felt a ton of support and enthusiasm for their plight <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't want to be the lady that they all later tell stories about, and that's fair enough. Uh, I mean, a good story is yeah. fine, but, and you know, like, let your freak fl flag fly, of course. But, Naturally. like, I'm still wearing long sleeves, you know, like, being heavily tattooed, like, I'm still wearing long sleeves to a funeral. Like, you just do, mm. you do what's considerate. And I had a mm -hmm. moment where I'm like, no, I look fucking crazy. And even <laughs> if they don't hear what I say, maybe they're, like, we've had some issues in this neighborhood, you know, not in a long time, but like some, 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 what I'm sorry, where are you coming from? Kind of moments. And like, I don't want mm -hmm. them to have to figure that out because my heart and my feelings don't match what I'm serving. So I just wasn't going mm -hmm. to, I felt a little, a little sad that I was like, well, I probably could have said something, but also I don't need them to feel like clarifying because as a person who's also been yeah. screamed at on the street consistently their entire life, because i guess i've got it coming i don't know because uh, you, you exist yeah i yeah. exist i'm like i don't yeah. even when someone's being nice and my friends have like playfully screamed and been nice and then they're like oh no i put you in danger brain because you didn't know this was my truck and i'm like yeah i was ready mm -hmm. to fucking fight or ready to record you <laughs> and like i was ready to take down your fucking license plate oh it's gary never mind you're fine i'm sorry and he's like i'm so sorry oh my god so i didn't want to like having been in that situation far too much i didn't need to put that on them kids i look yeah. crazy no 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 yeah no, no, that's no. fair no. that's fair they, yeah yeah in inflicting kind of indistinct yelling from uh from a sea hag you know it it it, it might at the very least confuse them um so yeah it, we don't need well the confusion the, layer you know nah, that's fair well done on the restraint and hey good for the kids good on them it's that's great. so cool and exciting and um i think it's great i think that you know 
And it seems kind of like this either either they did a walkout or like the school mm. is okay with it and they're encouraging it, which is also fantastic. And cool. I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, either way. And so it's great. So what's your good thing? My good thing uh, this week is kind of attached to last week. I told you that I was I was reading a physical book um, again and picked Crazy. it up just kind of because Who yeah yeah. Did, didn't have a choice. Um, I'm not doing it by candlelight anymore. Um, so that's something we, we've progressed. Um, yeah. but no, no, the, the, uh, the first of the Witcher books, the last wish, um, I'm about halfway through the thing and it's great. It's really good. Really enjoying it. Tight. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it kind of, it builds on a lot of, um, a lot of stuff that's in the, the, the games and the show and all that kind of thing. And, and I'm getting to that point where I'm starting to be able to be like, they made terrible choices in this show, nah, you know, mm. uh, which is why I always tend to read the books after um, consuming the media, you know, so it doesn't ruin it for me in oh, the moment, you know, I can I kind of get it on the other side. Completely you know? agree. I mm. don't need, I don't need to come in with the heart of judgment. I don't nah. need to come in with that attitude. Uh, yeah, because mm -hmm. especially if like, yes, yeah, a movie, I even used to feel that way about like, if I knew I liked a band and I hmm. knew they were coming to town because also I used to go see shows fucking constantly. And I was like, normally people would be like, oh, I'm going to do my homework and read up on it. And if I haven't hmm. already done that, but I know I like them, I'm like, I'm going to wait until after I see them because especially if it's like a smaller group, then hmm. the gear and also like this is a long time ago. So technology was certainly less accessible. So like boy, their recordings might sound like dog shit or they might just True. be kind of disappointing compared to their live. And if I have the yeah, live old, in my old head. Old school demos. Yeah, old school demos used to suck. Oh, um, I mean, or mm. just like whoever NMP, they can afford yeah. to yeah, help yeah, yeah. them, yep. like to record, that's a yep. hit or miss. Hit or miss, especially yep. if they're like really good live, mm -hmm. then that energy just doesn't always translate. Um on a recording. So I'm like, I don't mm -hmm. want to color my view. We're going to go see, and then we're going to enjoy. And, and if, if I need, if I, if I need them in my life after that, then I have the live in my head. So I try not yeah. to. Yeah. I, no, that, that, I, yeah. That makes sense. There, there are plenty of bands that I grew up with where, you know, the, the, the recordings were shit. Um, you know, but, but, but I would always go and see them live. Cause I'm like, oh, this is a great fucking time. Great band. Just lifeless on a record, which isn't their fault. It's not really their fault. It's just, you know, it's hard to translate. It's really it hard can to be, translate. It can be very, you, you need the right people in the right place doing the right stuff. It's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole, it's a yeah. whole very expensive thing. Um, yeah. in, in that case, but, uh, but yeah, there are some great smaller bands out there and and uh yeah witcher books well at least the first one great it's awesome cool and i um, mean you know people make choices maybe let's not let's not judge knowing that what you would want to do is great but everybody's yes. got a different vision and that's okay you can still enjoy the books too so yes yeah you're reading yes. them after yeah, abs absolutely, absolutely. There's a whole there's a whole thing around the show and Henry Cavill exiting due to creative because he, he's super fan um, of of the books and everything, and was like very upset at the way certain things were done, and and it it, it was a oh. whole thing. It was a whole thing. Um, yeah, and, gotcha. and now he's, okay. he's he's been replaced by Liam Hemsworth, and the internet's not pleased about that situation. And to be honest, neither am I. I don't think. But I'm gonna. I'll give him a chance. I'll give him a chance. But I'm not optimistic. Yeah. Um, Henry Cavill was born that, yeah. for that role, and yeah. 
Um, plus, I no longer get to stare at Henry Cavill in a hot tub, and that's always upsetting. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Now we've got a show to get to, but first we should thank some new patrons. Um, so first up, uh, Koshmar Desk, you are now an awakening wonder. You are indeed an awakening wonder. Thank you very much, Koshmar so Desk. I'm hoping I've not butchered that. Um, Sean Allen, you are now an awakening wonder. You are indeed an awakening wonder. Thank you very much, Sean. Hi, Sean. Uh, thank you. Hi. Hi. Uh, plus, um, our dear pod friend Natalie of Natalie's Hot Tea, the Elixir of Life, has upped their pledge to us. So, Hot Tea Natalie, you are still an awakening wonder. You are indeed an awakening wonder. Thank you. Hey, Natalie. thank you, Natalie. And hi. Hi, hi. Hope you're well. Love you. Yeah. Hope you win. Good job. Nice. Thank you. Always winning. Always winning. Um, if anyone wants to support us in what we do, become an Awakening Wonder, join the Invisible Hand, or donate on an elevated tier, head to patreon.com slash onbrand, and you will have our eternal gratitude. It is this which allows us to be editorially independent and ad-free. Uh, as a patron, you will also get a shout-out on the show and access to our patron-only show, Off-Brand, where we discuss anything but Russell Brand. And this week, we had a fun two-hour conversation about Trump being taken off the ballots, as well as the differences between the electoral systems of the UK and the US. It was interesting stuff. Kind of uh, really good and important to understand yeah. i think yeah yeah i i i agree i agree that was uh that was a fun conversation yeah. um so yeah head to patreon.com slash off brand to uh off brand on brand um to uh to check that out and uh please note that while you can easily listen to our audio version anywhere you can find podcasts you can also watch us on youtube or if you're listening to spotify app the video should come up there too Ah, dear. Yeah. Right. Oh, so, and mm, if you're a listener mm, that's outside of either of those countries, we mm, welcome your input and opinion as to how it affects you and what you have to think about it. I'm so interested to hear from not just these two weird, miserable empire countries. Always, absolutely. And and we we did specify on the uh, yeah on, in in the chat itself, people from out like, how do your electoral systems differ? If you can comment on the. Uh, on the uh, Patreon, on the post, that'd be great. Because, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, um, I'm putting the call out on Maine. Hey, man, I, yeah, it's super yeah, absolutely. interesting and different. Absolutely. Australia, I know you've got some different elections coming up. How does that work? Um, I, I haven't had time to properly look into it. So, you know, let us know, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so... Uh, so this this last week, obviously, we, we dealt with Monday's show already. Um, and then later on in the week, uh, Russell had Dr. Drew um, on his show. Uh, yeah, and, and and I thought in the back of my head, I was like, oh, fuck, I hate this guy. And he's not going to have a bigger guest, really, for the rest of the week, probably. So oh, we're going to have to deal with this guy. And I was wrong about that. A bigger name did, in fact, stick his head out of the sand, but it turned out to be someone I hate even more than Dr. Drew. Um, as ever, I will let Russell tell us who we're looking at this week. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining me today for Stay Free with Russell Brand. We will be talking about events at Davos. What can we glean? Let me know if it was a surprising Davos for you. Maybe Javier Malay surprised you somewhat. Let me know in the comments on Rumble. And if you are an Awakened Wonder, please let me know what you think in the chat over there. If you're watching us on YouTube, the first 15 minutes of our conversation with... Glenn Greenwald, world <laughs> educator, true journalist, truth teller, Pulitzer Prize winner, and of course now conspiracy theorist will only be available on 
Rumble. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's right. We have, okay. Yeah. Glenn fucking Greenwald to deal with. Um, I will say this isn't the first time he's been on Stay Free, but it is the first time he's required the treatment from our show. And I imagine you'll see why a bit later. But first, Lauren, how do you feel about Glenn Greenwald? Oh, you know what? Good try, I guess. <laughs> not, not my cup of tea. <laughs> I love that. That's so dismissive. That's <laughs> fantastic. Well, so did fantastic. you hear what uh, what Nicki Minaj said? Of, like Ben Shapiro has that new song. Yes. Yeah. 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 What What was it she said? I can't remember exactly. Well, she uh, just she, not okay. bad, wasn't it? Not she just said not bad, which is such a sick fucking burn. That's a flex. Like yeah. I don't like. I don't hate you. I don't think about you. Is what that yeah, was like. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Is the worst and yeah it's such a move i'm thrilled i told mike was like wow we found out that uh ben shapiro's black friend is a white rapper so that's a thing but then yeah. like the sh everybody wanted her to like clap back and she's like no and uh, it, it, not it, worth it was... her energy like well it's <laughs> it's, it's the best because it, it doesn't inspire people to go and look at it because they like it and it doesn't inspire people to go and hate watch it either it's just the perfect exactly. response perfect response. such a fucking move it's great. now that being um, said i'm not but also like i just i whenever i have to i have to be reminded that Gwen, glenn greenwald is around i'm like no eh, okay. yeah yeah that's kind of guy. yeah yeah no that, that he he does inspire that very feeling doesn't he <laughs> it's malaise uh, yeah. yes yeah yeah malaise uh, well according to russell greenwald is a world educator true journalist truth teller pulitzer prize winner and of course now conspiracy theorist and i will say that at least two of those things are in fact mostly accurate yeah um yeah. <laughs> now for any of our listeners who don't know who glenn is i will get to his bio in just a minute um but first let's hear how russell brings him into the show. Glenn is, of course, a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. He co-founded The Intercept, and I think then they threw him out. He got an award for breaking the Edward Snowden story. He hosts Systems Update live on Rumble weeknights at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And some of this conversation was available on Locals. In fact, it was available in its entirety unedited. So if you are a legacy media journalist and you're spending your time scrambling around, finding ways to try to oppose a movement that does have you in its site then you can join us on locals as well it'll be helpful for you to get more stories on us but let me tell you it's going to be right. hard to stop this movement <laughs> now baby so without further ado glenn thank you so much for joining us today it's an honor to have you as always always a pleasure to see you russell thank you for asking russell uh didn't ask anything um <laughs> this is of course just a case of once again badly putting a show together but editing an introduction like this in and removing what i imagine was a standard how are you or whatever just serves to make glenn greenwald look a little bit silly before he's even gotten to his second sentence it's real basic stuff um russell mentioned last week that he took a screenplay writing class and apparently he didn't make it to the continuity part of the semester it's anyway. giving very like <laughs> 
TSA mm. saying having a nice flight and you saying you too. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I somehow doubt Glenn, Glenn Greenwald has, uh, has rewatched this interview. I don't think he cares, but, yeah. um, anyway, it's, it's something to make note of because it will come up again later. And also it's just another thing to heap on the pile of evidence that Russell's team is these days, a skeleton crew made of shit. Um, now, <laughs> Now, they're doing their best. They're doing their best. Um, now, before that, however, Russell was suggesting that members of the legacy media join his locals channel to get oh. more stories on him. Right? Um, we, we've that done that on the uh was on the crazy tier. arrogant. That was crazy oh, oh, yeah. arrogant. Like, ballsy. I'm ballsy. sure you're watching and you better, like, oh, if you want to get dirt on me... <laughs> Who yep. do you think is watching you, dog? Like, really? I, I, the only people he can guarantee are watching this is us. Uh, is is me? Yeah, I, was gonna <laughs> I say, don't. Us think, is even I, more rich. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's yeah. me. I, I, I don't think he was talking to me. I think he is just that. Well, kind we of aren't legacy media. No, ex exactly. Like Rachel you, Maddow's out here hanging on your every word, oh, sir. No, but you can, you can guarantee if, if we ever got covered somehow on his show, it would be, oh, yeah, Legacy Media somehow. It would be like, oh, funded by Soros or whatever. They'll make some shit up. They'll make mm. some shit up. Um, anyway, I would think minimizing is the way I would go if I were going to be a dick about it, but... I yeah, mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, yeah, fine. Yeah, um, yeah, hey, yeah, if it's yeah, based yeah. in reality, I'll take it, right? <laughs> oh, it won't be. It won't be. No, that's the other. No, exactly. It won't. Yeah, exactly. No. That exactly. I can say for um, certain is no. Yeah, no. yeah. Anyway, yeah. we we have taken a look at Russell's Locals channel on the free tier, um, which is when we established he's forming a cult. Uh, no major updates <laughs> on that front, by the way, but um, he, he has decided it will have to be multiple communes now, and that they will have to support the police and military just to get off the ground, in his words. Um, which, I'm not, not thrilled with that notion. Um, but also, true? Like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah. Because Bali yeah. is where he's thinking, right? Even though no one else agrees in his locals. But yeah, okay. I also yeah, know when what, monsoon season what... is. So maybe this just a pause <laughs> for, for winter time. I don't know. May, maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe, he, maybe he'll set up several around the world and kind of hop from commune to commune so that they can, the police can never catch him. Um. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, I it's, really it's hope not. Oh, I know. Oh, uh, it'd be funny. It'd be very funny. Just, just uh, you know, catch me if you can, but with Russell, you know, as, as Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm uh, going into my true crime brains. I'm like, it's not funny at all. That's how people die. Oh no, That's no, also no, no, how no. you cart your wife's like dead body all over the country for two years or a year or whatever. Well, I don't think like could Tony do it. Alamo. I I don't think he could do it with the wife and three children, um, because because yeah, I, I don't think that's an option. Um, but uh, <laughs> but just him doing it, it's a romp. I would enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I have of course done some snooping, and I like to keep tabs on what's going on back there on the old locals channel. But I still refuse to give this guy money. Um, that said, if there are any former awakened wonders who listen to our show and still have access to a subscription, get in touch. It's the onbrandpod at gmail.com because I will absolutely head on in there and take a deeper dive. Um, anyway, Russell threw some accolades of Greenwald there into the mix before haphazardly dragging him onto the show, um, including, you know, co-founding the Intercept winning awards and hosting his own show on Rumble, all of which is absolutely true. But let's take it from the start, because honestly, I'd never been able to fully answer the question, what the fuck happened to Glenn Greenwald? Um, uh, but I think I've gotten most of the way there. 
So, Glenn Greenwald was born in March 1967 in Queens, New York. Uh, he was then raised in Lauderdale Lakes, Florida. His parents separated when he was six. His parents and grandparents did try to introduce him to Judaism, but he grew up without practicing an organized religion, did not have a bar mitzvah, and has said his, quote, moral precepts aren't informed in any way by religious doctrine, unquote. This may come back up a little bit later. Um, at 17, he ran for a seat on the Lauderdale Lake City Council. At 17, uh, he was ambitious. unsuccessful. Ambitious. Um, his, his grandfather was uh, had, a, had a seat on the council, and he was oh. inspired. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it, there may have been a degree of attempted nepotism, um, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. <laughs> it didn't get anywhere. Um, it didn't work. Uh, well, yes, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and then he came out as gay around age 20. Um, uh, and in 1991, at age 23, he ran for a city council seat again, uh, coming in third with 18% of the vote. So a marked improvement from 7% to 18%. Um, you know, had he kept trying, he probably would have eventually gotten there. Um, sure. you know, <laughs> yeah, why not? It's uh, after that, after that, he decided to instead focus on college, uh, which probably sensible uh he received a ba in philosophy from george washington university in 1990 and a jd so law doctorate from new york university school of law in 1994 uh greenwald practiced law in the litigation department of wachtel lipton rosen and katz from 1994 to 1995 and in 96 he co-founded his own litigation firm greenwald christoph and holland uh, where he litigated cases concerning issues of u.s constitutional law and civil rights uh, he worked pro bono a lot of the time and his cases included representing white supremacist matthew hale in illinois um who greenwald <sighs> believed was wrongly imprisoned and uh the neo-nazi national alliance as well um he, he represented them um yeah, I, he's had this to say on his own work um, in First Amendment cases. Um, he, he told the Rolling Stone magazine in 2013, quote, To me, it's a heroic attribute to be so committed to a principle that you apply it, not when it's easy, not when it supports your position, not when it protects people you like, but when it defends and protects people that you hate, unquote. I mean... Maybe don't describe yourself as heroic, but I, I do largely agree with your point. Um, yeah. Everyone Later, deserves a defense. Like, everyone deserves to be yeah, represented yeah, in court. No, abs absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Later, according to Greenwald, quote, I decided voluntarily to wind down my practice in 2005 because I could and because after 10 years I was bored with litigating full time and wanted to do other things which I thought were more engaging and could make more of an impact, including political writing, unquote. Uh, he was 38 at this time and went to Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, expecting to stay there for two months. He then met David Miranda, a 19-year-old who grew up in the uh, Jacarezinho favela. Um, it is all also worth noting that in David Miranda's own words, he didn't speak much English and Greenwald only knew a few words of Portuguese. Uh, they had a romantic entanglement and about a week after they met, they decided to move in together. Um... Yeah, uh, Greenwald has lived in Brazil ever since. Uh, the two would later marry and adopt three kids. 
Um, now, evidently, this relationship did turn into something quite different over time, but good lord, the power imbalance at the beginning of that is insane to me. Um, you mm. know, 19-year-old, 38-year-old, don't speak mm. the same language, one incredibly poor, one incredibly wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, doesn't doesn't feel great. Um, but, I, I mean, it worked out, I guess. I guess. Um, yeah. Um, still feels a little bit icky. Yep. Uh in October 2005, Greenwald began his blog, Unclaimed Territory, focusing on the investigation pertaining to the Plame Affair, the CIA leak grand jury investigation, the federal indictment of Scooter Libby, and the NSA warrantless surveillance controversy. Um, simpler times. It's amazing that in. guy could have that name and be in public. <laughs> I, know, well, I, know, any, I know. It's really... The thing it, is that, like, Scooter being his nickname, it's like, why didn't anyone just use his real name? Scooter it's, it's, Libby, it's, are you in the Archie comics? And I, like, right. and had he been, like, an awesome, like, squeaky clean, like, you know, like, yeah. do-gooder that we could all get yeah. behind, I feel like it'd be charming. Like, yes. Bernie Sanders, you know, like, <laughs> that's a cute name. Bernie's cute. Mm. Um mm. I don't. I don't think I know any male. Ber I know a Bernice that goes by Bernie, but I don't even know. Mm. It's cute, Bernice. Yeah, I don't know. You know, Bernice, Aloysius yeah. Sanders or whatever. But like, yeah, I don't know. Every time I'm, I'm still like Scooter Libby was Scooter a person. Scooter Libby, yeah. Scooter Libby was a person <laughs> in our lives. Man, that's oh a, man, that's it blows a human my being. Cord. Um, yeah, yeah, Whew. that's great. What? <laughs> what? Oh dear. Um, in 2007, uh, Glenn became a contributing writer for Salon and was widely praised for his work. Uh, he was described by Rachel Maddow during his period writing for Salon as quote the American left's most fearless political commentator unquote. High fucking praise from someone who Greenwald now hates. Um, in uh, July 2012, Greenwald joined the American wing of Britain's Guardian newspaper. Uh, good old The Guardian uh, to contribute a weekly column and a daily blog. And then in late 2012, he was contacted by Edward Snowden, who had read some of Greenwald's prior Salon articles. Uh, he then began the breaking of the story of the scale of domestic surveillance in the United States, with Snowden blowing the whistle and Glenn Greenwald and others reporting on it. Uh, it was this which contributed to the Guardian, uh, the Guardian and the Washington Post winning the Pulitzer Prize for public service in 2014. Mm. So he was a major contributor to that prize being awarded, but there is no Pulitzer Prize in Glenn Greenwald's name specifically. Um, either way, good work was done. Yeah, uh, that's, that's know, a big yeah. deal. That's a legitimate big deal. Huge deal. Huge deal. Excellent that it was recognized and for public service specifically deserved. Mm -hmm. uh, Greenwald's work on the Snowden story was featured in the documentary Citizen 4, which won the 2014 Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature. Um, and in the 2016 feature film Snowden, directed by <laughs> Oliver Stone, uh, Greenwald was portrayed by Zachary Quinto, which is an interesting casting choice. Um, Sila from Heroes, you know, that's, um, yeah, I like him. Anyway, uh, it was 2014 when The Intercept was launched, um, and it was founded by Glenn Greenwald, Jeremy Scahill, and Laura Poitras, uh, with funding by eBay co-founder Pierre Omidya. Uh, the organization is incorporated as a 501c3 tax-exempt charitable entity, with Omidyar stating that the site sprang forth from a rising concern about press freedoms in the United States and around the world. Okay. Sure. 
The Intercept was in contact during the 2016 presidential campaign with Guccifer 2.0, who relayed some of the material about Hillary Clinton gathered via a data breach to Greenwald. Wait, Guccifer? Uh, Guccifer? Is it Guccifer? Guccifer? Yeah. Guccifer? Guccifer. Guccifer, thank you. Guccifer I've only ever heard it. That's why I was... <laughs> I see it. It's, a, it's Gucci and then F-E-R. I'm like, that's Guccifer. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Guccifer. Um, yeah, the, yep. the Gucci... The Grushk, a counterintelligence specialist, um, reported in October 2016, quote, The Intercept was both aware that the emails were from Guccifer 2.0, that Guccifer 2.0 has been attributed to Russian intelligence services, and that there is a significant public evidence uh, supporting this attribution, unquote. Meaning, Greenwald and The Intercept knew it was Russian interference and decided to run with it anyway. Mm. Lovely stuff. Um, there See, is, crazy course, names oh, will always stick out to me. Scooter Libby, Guccifer. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's in yeah, the brain. No. That is a, that, absolutely. That, that's in the dam. That is stuck in the dam forever. <laughs> it's not going back yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so there is, of course, overwhelming evidence that the DNC hacks and all of that was Russian election interference from the, from the GRU, um, from the GRU intended to sow discord, take Hillary down, and promote Trump. Uh, mission accomplished. Uh, during and after this time, Greenwald had made himself known as saying the various claims about Russian interference, and specifically anything around Donald Trump was overblown and didn't have any validity to it. Um, he also, around this time, began to be a frequent guest on Tucker Carlson Tonight. Hmm. So... What happened next? Well, I'm going to quote from a Politico piece from 2019 entitled How the Intercept is Fueling the Democratic Civil War. Uh, quote, in the past few years, and especially in the aftermath of the 2016 campaign, the Intercept has taken a sharp turn into party politics. With a hard-charging Washington bureau chief, Ryan Grimm, driving its political coverage, the Intercept has taken a more classic gotcha approach to campaign reporting and landed in a unique spot in the media ecosystem as the loudest voice attacking Democrats from the left. As the party grapples with fractures emerging in its coalition, the intercept is a crowbar working those fractures apart. Uh, from further on in the article, for some in the media world, it's a shock that the intercept made it to its fifth birthday at all. Since its founding is mostly a home for the Snowden archive, it has published some massive, deeply reported scoops and developed a reputation as a hub for serious national security wonks. Uh, but it has been as noticeable for its internal dysfunction, finding itself the subject of flaming first-person takedowns by ex-staffers over the years. One of its early seminal investigations was a deep dive into its own newsroom and how journalist Matt Taibbi, who was hired to launch an ill-fated satirical digital magazine, left the company on extremely messy terms. Uh, in 2016, Intercept reporter Juan Thompson was fired from the site for fabricating quotes and sources, and he was later convicted for making bomb threats to Jewish community centers. The Intercept has also been embarrassed even on its supposed area of expertise. Its mishandling of leaked documents helped get a source, whistleblower reality winner, thrown in prison. This past March, the company laid off members of its research staff and in a move that prompted a fresh round of anguish from the Intercept's original true believers, decided to stop managing the enormous archive of leaked Snowden documents. Unquote. Uh, so it, we get the picture there of the Intercept that is... Perhaps not the best. Um, 
you know. Uh, okay. Elsewhere, okay. elsewhere in the article was a quote that tickled me um, from Bhaskar Sunkara, founder of Jacobin, uh, saying, quote, I often feel like when it comes to this space, Jacobin and the Intercept are the only reliable places that left politicians have, unquote. And maybe that says enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um it's i will never say never and always statement it's them all in oh, like it's a lot just throw it's in a, a lot. maybe just throw in a most yeah just throw yeah, in a I, you know i i do have to say russell doesn't use uh, the intercept as a source particularly often so that's something compared to jacobin right. anyway right um as for glennie g uh by 2019 he had no control over the news reporting at the intercept but served as a columnist until in october 2020 when he resigned kicking up a big stink as he went uh he gave his reasons as political censorship and contractual breaches by the editors who he said had prevented him from reporting on allegations concerning joe biden's conduct with regard to china and ukraine Betsy Reed, the editor-in-chief, disputed Greenwald's accusations um, and claims of censorship and accused him of presenting dubious claims from the Trump campaign as journalism. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah, that's, yeah. sorry, but I'm like, are, there's a pause to, for are, me to react. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, just, th things are... Yeah. Th things are added up. Um, it was well, here yeah, that yeah, Greenwald, yeah, yeah. Greenwald set up his substack, uh, writing about his resignation and publishing the full unedited piece that The Intercept didn't want. Those were his first, his first big things on his substack, right? Greenwald says in the article, quote, The same trends of repression, censorship, and ideological homogeneity plaguing the national press generally have engulfed the media outlet I co-founded, culminating in censorship of my own articles. Unquote. Naturally, I took a look at the groundbreaking reporting he was apparently doing at this time. Lauren, any guesses what the story was about? Just based on what, what's been said? I want it to be a dog fashion show because that seems like I'd go I'd go to the mat for that. That maybe the intercept wouldn't take me so seriously if I wanted to cover a dog fashion show. But I, I the would... intercept would be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, who's, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. who's to say? Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now nah, it was Hunter Biden's goddamn laptop. Shut That's up. what it fucking was. No. <laughs> yep. No. Hunter Biden's laptop, that, Ukraine, and China, right? Within the piece, uh, he also references Matt Taibbi and Li Fang with admiration. Um, suffice to say, it is, in fact, unsubstantiated bullshit interspersed with bad faith arguments, and I can see exactly why The Intercept rejected it. Um, just wasn't great. Just just really wasn't good. Um, from there, Greenwald amassed over 300,000 subscribers to his Substack, and uh, just last year got his own show on Rumble called System Update, where he spends his time being aggressively pro-Trump, um, and get this, flinging shit at the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, a recent piece but included how... right you, No, I, he's a gay, gay man, yes I know. Yeah, um, a recent piece included how because some gay guy was supporting Israel on TikTok, that is LGBT rights being used to justify Gaza's destruction, according to Glenn Greenwald, and Israel are on board and offer special gay tours of Tel Aviv to gay people, apparently. Um, 
that this is all according to Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> uh, I, I could, so, I could not, I could not separately verify. So wait, that, so that is- get, I mean, <laughs> so there is propaganda mm-hmm. that is targeted at sowing discord with sure. the gay community. Sure. Yeah, but wait, yeah, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I don't. What's his point of? If so, if gay so, so. tours are happening in Tel Aviv to kind of demonize another side, we'll say, mm-hmm. I, I I would want to bring that up in a certain context. What was his intention of bringing that up? I don't understand. Um, to to to, to say that um, all, all well, yeah, the the LGBT. Rights are being used to justify Gaza's destruction, basically, um, because because of all that, and, and Israel are intentionally making that happen. Um, was was his view? Um, so yeah. it, so Israel is intention is using the cover of gay rights to justify their actions, or the opposite. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. They're not saying that, though. Apparently, the, it's it's the Israeli government that are doing the gay tours of of Tel Aviv, which yeah. I mean, you know. Um, but uh, but but no, I can't it was, make a it citation. A, I can't I can't pull up an article. But like, no, no, no. He, he it's uh, so it was a guy on TikTok who 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 was gay who who was saying that uh, that um, yeah, the 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 Israel are great basically, and the and the Palestine suck. Um, and uh, that is LGBT rights being used to justify Gaza's destruction. That's his whole thing. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's very much uh, very much painting the LGBTQ uh, plus community um, as uh, yeah negative. That's confusing in, in because the- like it it could be like the thing is is it's all about the spin because that yeah. could be like a an actual point of like it could be an actual right problem tours yeah. Yeah. being yeah, they, this... a manipulation tactic on the exactly. on part on the exactly. part of Israel I, I I went into it I went into it on his channel thinking like Surely, as a gay man, you would be annoyed if if LGBTQ plus rights are are, are being used to justify you know, all screen. of these things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I would be upset about that. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying at all. <laughs> Which is like, oh, oh, Glenn, <laughs> why, why? Um, well, yeah, what, the, the, is he blaming mm. gay people? Is that what he's saying? Is he bl- looking around and blaming other gay people? He goes up to the line. I'm going to say that. Um, he goes up to the line, uh, okay. which is which is which is a remarkable like uh, he kind of twists himself in knots to do it, but he gets there. Um, it's it. I mean, Weird. by all means, everyone check it out. Dude. It's 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 on his Rumble page. And th- listen, um, this is observation yeah. bias. I don't know if you've experienced this. I certainly have. Mm. Kind of more mm. and more. Sound mm. off, listeners. Fucking d- d- tell me, let me know. Uh, it feels like they're like they're being like conservative you know like right-wing pundits or whatever or anybody that's just like arguing with um like finding a leftist to argue with or Mm. you know even just a liberal a regular old nice liberal um is that their arguments are getting so much more confusing like i'm Mm. feeling more like so do you agree or disagree and then you gotta let them kind of wind up a little bit yeah, to even it, know it, it, what they it, mean 
Like, it, it, took, it took me a long time to get to his point, I will say that. I was, I was like, what the fuck are you saying on, on this subject? I, yeah, it, it, took me a, it took me a good chunk of time to understand what the fuck he was on about. Um, but, but yeah, the, the, the kind of the main it thrust. It seems like the, a phenomenon the, that's happening more and more that I'm in, maybe, again, maybe it's observation bias, but I'm interacting with these things where I'm like, what are you even, what, what are we saying here? Comments yeah. to articles like, okay, hold on. Like, <laughs> Just like, yeah, I I can't tell if you're mad or happy. So what do we do from there? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he's visibly upset in almost all of his videos. Um, there is that. Well, so am I. Uh, What are we going to do? I mean. (laughs) Well, I mean, at least we have some fun. He's, he's just, he's, he's very, I will say his, his show is very dry. It's incredibly dry. We could never actually, we could never cover it. We we could never take it. We could never take a deviation. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, but yeah, it's it's not great, and and he generally spends a good chunk of time on his show painting the LGBTQ plus community in negative lights. Which um, great, cheers, Glenn. Um, regular guests on his show include Tucker Carlson, Michael Schellenberger, Lee Fang, Matt Taibbi, RFK Jr., and of course Edward Snowden. Um, he also has his own locals channel where he republishes his Substack work. Great. Um, another thing to note is that his husband, who had gone on to become a Brazilian politician, uh, tragically passed away this last year after being in the hospital for a gastrointestinal infection. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he was, he was in there for nine months, so, you know. uh, uh, Oh, uh, no! (laughs) That's awful! Various... Horrible, horrible stuff. Yeah, it was from 2022 to 2023. Um, Yeah, he was 37 when he died, leaving behind Glenn and their three kids. Um, So, you know, that sucks. It does suck. That's not going to help his attitude. No, no, exactly. No, no. Which, um, which, fair enough. But yeah, sadly, it doesn't excuse any of the things that come out of his mouth either. Um, But yeah, uh, yeah, my my, my estimation of Glenn Greenwald is that he's an intelligent guy who can do some impressive investigative journalism. um, But he's had something of an ideological shift helped along by a huge profit motive, uh, which has led him to doing and saying incredibly intellectually dishonest things. Uh, I take special issue with him because, well, he knows better. He's not an idiot. Um, Russell quite famously blurs the lines of idiocy and malice, uh, sometimes being quite clever and other times completely moronic. But Glenn knows what he's doing. So, yeah. Well, uh, the argument can also be made of, like, mm. what being smart versus being cunning. Like, Mm. how, again, true crime brain, serial killers Mm. can be... a complete mess in every other part of their life but man they manage to get away with crimes it's mm. like they just have just they have that cunning for what they're doing and yeah. they can be yeah. quite slippery and they can be quite intent on their goal which is what it says to me like russell i don't think is looking big picture whenever he like will insert his own you know his media i think that he thinks he's helping himself by saying like mentioning the allegations against him and and oh it's mm. a media conspiracy when like no you should just never you should just yeah, just let it ignore go. it completely let it, is what you go. should yeah. do yeah. if you actually like for a long-term plan but he oh, thinks yeah. that i think because that that's got kind of like blinders on can't see forest for trees don't really have a beat on what's important um in the long run yeah yeah and you but know, can seem smart 
and slippery. Play the victim. Yeah. Play the victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he and, can and, see it seems slippery and it seems smart in the moment, but like ah, uh, that's maybe not a good chess move. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. I I would no. agree. I would love to, I would love for him to shut up about it. Um but uh, but God. as we know the the right-wing yeah. media sphere is is essentially a victimhood olympics. Um and, and so he likes to he likes to break that out whatenever he can. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's in the club. Oh, okay. He wants to exactly. play with the other boys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. All, right. Um, all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. All of that said, let's have Glenn's first proper clip today, uh, leading with a question from Russell. It seems like the landscape of American politics has been irrevocably altered. That There is no chance that the Republican Party will ever be recaptured by what might have been regarded as conventional or traditional interests. And yet there is an appetite to homogenize the sort of central space of the American political system. Do you think, um, bearing in mind we're broadcasting this after New Hampshire, it seems that Trump's ascendancy to the nomination is assured and that even within the Republican Party and beyond it, within uh, um, the American representative democracy more broadly, there is still no antidote for this phenomena and that they are still flailing and uh, conflicted in how to address this, both within media and political circles. I think the key truth that people have to realize that they want to pay attention to politics on a kind of deeper level than just what pundits say on cable news shows is the understanding of power works and how power works for me as the first law is that establishment forces that wield power not only don't give it up easily they will fight to the death to hold on to it i mean that's the nature of history you can look at pretty much every historical event where people are fighting over who will build power and if you try and take power away from status quo institutions, whatever you want to call them, they will do everything and anything like cornered rats to keep it. So you see, first of all, pouring $250 million into Nikki Haley's campaign to stop Trump from the presidency. Obviously, if that doesn't work, which it likely will not, then you have all these prosecutions. I mean, they're serious about forcing Trump to run from prison as the leading presidential candidate from a jail cell or from a courtroom, which is, you know, such an extraordinary recipe for civil unrest that they don't care about because they're so desperate. And then even if he overcomes all that and wins, <laughs> we're going to have the kind of subversion of his elected presidency that we saw in 2016, where the U.S. security state, the deep state working in hand in hand with the media went to work to try and destroy and sabotage him in every single way to even encourage people in his administration, generals and the like, to ignore and subvert his orders in order to neutralize whatever he wants to do. They're already trying to do that. They're already planning that. There are articles openly in the mainstream press talking about the kinds of plans that they would intend to pursue if that happens. And so you're going to have every step of the way because they understand that they've lost the ability to control how people think. People have tuned them out. They obviously, even the most narcissistic and delusional get that by now when you see Trump winning, despite all the things they've done. There's a multi-pronged plan to prevent him, even if he wins, from exerting real power. And that is, to me, the great threat to democracy. Uh, oh, boy. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, now, to be fair, the first history, mm. uh, vague history point he made, true. 
Sure, for, better yeah, than what we've been getting. For power. Yeah, no, but certainly more accurate, even if it is much it's, more vague. It's, uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> much, the vague stuff was general. even worse that we were finding, mm-hmm. like, what, a couple months ago. So listen. That's true. That is true. That is, point, he's not Neil Oliver. Point um, for Greeny. And that's one. <laughs> and that's where it stops. Mm-hmm. But hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Boy, how the mighty have fallen. Um. To, to to go from reporting on the surveillance state, you know, and breaking that story to the greatest threat to democracy is people trying to prevent Donald Trump from exerting real power. Who is um, they? Who? Which uh, they? What, is uh, it the Democrats or the Republicans? Both. Us? I mean, he he said the deep state and the media. But he said Nikki Haley's campaign, which well, the, the, is Republicans. The, 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 Yes, yes, but it's being funded by the left because we just don't want Donald what? Trump. No, um, what? Ha- yeah, uh, yeah par- uh, apparently. Um, rarely have I seen a booth quite so thoroughly licked. Um, that's that's what I'm going to say. Um, yeah. I, I I would also argue that um well it, I mean it could be argued certainly that that a greater threat to democracy is a guy saying I'll be a dictator if I win the presidency um but no apparently it's that some people don't want to let Donald Trump do whatever the fuck he wants completely unhampered um it and, is and, crazy to mm. me to act like it's some kind of ploy that he's mm-hmm. he's facing lawsuits for, yeah. And he's facing criminal charges. Like he's he's facing the justice system for laws he broke, and yeah. that's not easy to do. Like yeah, no, especially not point, for someone in his position, right? Yeah, that's like yeah, that's kind of been real tough. And yeah, uh, what, uh, and we just, just don't care about the civil unrest that that's going to cause. We don't care because we're so desperate. We're so desperate well then we should we, just we, never prosecute any crimes because somebody might get mad and th- i don't know throw a molotov that's cocktail true. about that's it that's true they might run is that for the office, solution so we, we, sh- we shouldn't really everyone might run for office really we should just get rid of the law i think um oh, yeah oh that was weird okay i know i know and and the, the kicker for me and all that is that in the trump presidency there were people stopping him like essentially treating him as a child um, and I'm I'm just not convinced that those people exist anymore. Like, either you're a Trump loyalist or you're fucking out of there. And, and none of those simpering idiots are ever going to prevent him from doing what he wants at this point for fear of being ejected from what is now almost the entire right wing. Yeah, being slightly yeah. an adult gets gallows yes. built <laughs> and, and protest on the yeah. lawn and uh, call for your head on a pike. Like, that's, I, yes. you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't sign up for that either. I think that's no, a pretty exactly. reasonable so it's, human choice. Yeah, get on board or get fucking insurrectioned. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, not thrilled by my choices. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Um, yeah. So I mean that 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 opening clip is is a good summation of the universe that Glenn Greenwald is coming from these days. Holy fuck. Uh, now, one of the specific qualities of Glenn Greenwald, um, especially in media spaces, is that he's a condescending asshole. Um, he will talk down to basically anyone, and, and we get a little bit of a taste of that after a question from Russell. One, the last time we spoke, you said that 
in previous times of mass inequality, there were milk. tokenistic moves, you said, from the likes of the Rockefellers who might cast dollar bills from a passing limousine as a plutocratic gesture to the proletariat. And then you said, but these days, with the rise of the militarization of the police force, anti-protest laws, ongoing surveillance measures, it seems less necessary to... Uh, even mitigate these rising tensions. And I've felt with speculation around a second pandemic, a d the d disease X, with um, fear-mongering around a pot potential cyber attacks, with the escalating wars around the world, with the unique configuration of global elections this year, that there is something precipitous happening, that, that, that it is possible and plausible that the prognoses of... Uh, uh, giddy shamanic outlier figures in the dark web are closer to being accurate than the kind of um, casual uh, dampening down of expectations that you might read in ordinary mainstream media. Do you think that we are on the precipice of moves towards a more globalist authoritarian regime. Do you feel like the pieces are observable? Can you, do you feel that that's happening? Do you think it can be averted or do you think that that's a sort of a hysterical perspective? There's no doubt that that's happening. I mean, you don't have to be <laughs> a remote conspiracy theorist. You don't have to be particularly insightful not to impugn the high quality of your observation, but I don't even <laughs> think it requires that much insight to see. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes could um, mean either thing. Yes could mean either thing. Like... Yes, the conspiracy QAnon is real, or yes, we see authoritarianism taking hold. Well, well, all over well, the I world. Mean, I mean, yes, could be firstly. That's too vague. Firstly, get to the fucking point, Russell. Jesus oh, Christ, no. that 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 was that that took a while to get to. What is basically a question that amounts to. You know, is authority is well. It, it was said. Uh, you know, do you think we're on the precipice of moves towards a more globalist authoritarian regime? Which is, I mean, the most softball of softball questions in this particular media space of right wing conspiracy shitheads. I mean, none of these ding dongs are going to say no, are they? You know, it's, it's a it's yes impossible to say no. No, it's no, impossible yes. to say no. <laughs> yeah. A real question would be, why do you think? Or what is there to do about yeah. the obvious, yeah. you know, like authoritarian deal with path it? Not, that not, we're on? Not is this happening? Not is this entire thing that I've been, that I talk about every day, is it happening? Because like, well, according to you and everyone else in your space, yes, it fucking is. And There's an expectation reality, he's going to agree and then Russell's yeah. going to go from there, in which case like that's just, just I don't like that. I don't like that. I, 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 don't, I don't know. The, the hot, like, if, if that's all that's supposed to be, it should be a shorter fucking question. Oh, and also, Glenn yeah. Greenwald that appears to be drinking, granted. Glenn Greenwald appears to be drinking milk in this interview. And, 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 I don't know, there's something I find really strange about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's, we don't um, know what he's drinking. It could be, it's, it's a, it's a white liquid in, in a glass. I... I mean, it could be a pina colada, to be fair. Um, which, I mean, that would be in Brazil, much more reasonable. It uh, could uh, be horchata. And I live, I live. Uh, I wish. I guess, I guess. It looks like milk anyway. I really, it just, okay. I, so I, I just kind of, I just noticed, I was like, that, mm, okay. We'd, um, Slightly uh, distracting. Get a straw. Yes. Plus distracting. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so let's hear the rest of, of Glenn's answer to the obvious question after, <laughs> after you know, not to impugn your, your question. <laughs> um, because, well, uh, yeah, he's got plenty of space to wriggle around and say pretty much anything, so let's hear it. That when you have things like one country after the next, adopting brand new laws to provide really extreme powers, unaccountable, unreviewable, extreme powers to governments to censor the internet and punish people for failing to remove content that these governments deem dangerous or false. You see this law in the EU, in the UK, in Canada, uh, in Brazil, in Ireland, in all parts of the democratic world now, and you've seen it already in places like the Persian Gulf long ago, that give these states enormous power over the instrument that was supposed to be the thing that guaranteed us the ability to communicate with one another and to organize. They're petrified of that. They decided after 2016, when they had these dual traumas of Brexit being approved and then Hillary losing to Trump, that they simply could no longer allow a free Internet and free discourse over the Internet because it, it it's too out of their control. And ever since then, they've clamped down on free thought and free discourse on the right to protest. I mean, I think the thing that happened in Canada with the trucker protest, what? I think some of the things you're seeing now with these pro-Palestinian protests throughout <laughs> Europe and in the United States, where the reaction has been to crack down, because whatever your view on that war is, those protests oh. are against the policy of the EU and the United States that supports Israel. You're seeing with the right to protest, the right to free speech, the right to organize, the right to use the Internet increasingly repressive systems of control that are designed to curb some of these kind of wild excesses that elites see people engaging in. And they're trying to regain control of how people think, how they behave and put limits on what they can say and do. Oh boy. Equating the uh, trucker protest with the Palestine uh, protest is bonkers to me. That's yeah. As it as it should be, as it fucking should be. There um, was yeah, even there, a there good was... trucker protest before the insane one that we all had to like watch happen in real time to terror terrorize a fucking town. There was one mm. before that for actual like, like it was like a worker, uh, you know, like it, it was from the 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 point of view of the worker, not mm. just about. COVID restrictions and the vaccine yeah, was, yeah, or whatever. Vaccines. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, uh, <clears throat> what? Yeah, yeah. Because again, um, yeah, he's referencing real shit and then mixing it with bullshit. Yeah, I couldn't find anything for the Persian Gulf um, misinformation, you know, whenever that was supposed to happen either. Um, he's just yeah, insinuating he, that the Middle East is is repressive, is what he's saying. And that's... that's yeah, that, that's, yeah that, that's pretty much what I, I came to as well, um, yeah. rather, than it, rather than it being any kind of, uh, well, censorship law, as he calls it. Um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting narrative when he's literally said that it's to remove information which governments deem as dangerous or false. Um, now, obviously, that's that's supposed to be a big sinister thing in his view, with governments having apparently unaccountable, unreviewable, extreme powers given to them to crack down on misinformation. Um, and he then says that this is happening uh, in, quote, all parts of the democratic world now, unquote. Um, and the whole thing 
thing is, is a contradiction in terms, because the government fundamentally gets its power from the people who vote them in, in democratic countries, that is. Um, them and the laws they pass are held to account and reviewed by the people. The fun thing about legislation in this day and age is that it's incredibly easy to find. Um, and I could find examples of every single piece of anti-misinformation legislation that he was just talking about in a single Google search, and I was able to read it and uh, review it almost instantly. Mm -hmm. um, unreviewable indeed. And, you know, if you want your legislators to change it, read the thing, figure out what you want changing, and get in touch with your, your representatives. And, and if they're not doing a thing, vote the fuckers out. That's, that's literally the way the system works. Well, um, the way the system works you know, is uh, skewed because of money. So yes, make, yeah, yeah. point that out. Make that complaint. Yeah, sure, we are disenfranchised sure. There, there because we have... Is, we're, it, it is skewed because of money, but not usually in instances like this. You know, not, 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 you know, in, in terms of a misinformation law, I, I don't think there's a great kind of, uh, there's a great kind of lobby, you know, from, from, from someone being, you know, it's news organizations being like, oh, this is a fucking problem. You know, it's, 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 um, it's, it's people with legitimate concerns being like, oh, no, no, we, we need something to, to stem the tide of bullshit from these people. We need some kind of legislation to try and deal with this, um, because at the moment we're letting these idiots run rampant, say whatever they want, and destroy our societies very, you know, in, totally. in various ways. Totally. And um, I agree with that. I'm just saying, as far as amending legislation because there's an issue as a citizen, I think it's mm. reasonable to point out it ain't that easy I, I don't, yeah, I don't sure, know. I, sure. I think ignoring that is it, not it, um, is not no, going to help it, our it, argument. No, no, no. I, I, I think, I think, especially on an individual level, um, that there's there's a struggle there. I think you know, collectivizing. Um, you know, if if there's enough of you, you'll be able to say and do something, depending on the issue, of course. Um, yeah, you know, if they're just accusing the, a, a mysterious deep state, then they are obscuring the steps that you take in a democratic society that you just outlined. Like, so yeah, that's what exactly, they're doing. Is exactly. there, and, they're and, obfuscating. And yeah. Taking issue with a specific policy or piece of legislation is, of course, very different to being like, oi, the climate's fucked. We need to sort this out. You know, there, there, there are different kinds of conversations um, to be had, some much harder than others um, when trying to get them through a system that is, that is as you say, entrenched in, in money and, and um, you know, moneyed interests. Um, you know, I, I, I think it would be much easier to deal with this, you know, with, with this law, with, with the misinformation laws than it would be you know extinction rebellion trying to get their point across in the uk for instance well i mean um, I, <laughs> the only law they managed to fucking actually pass and care about over here is keeping protesters away from the supreme court justices houses or some shit that's like the only thing that seems pressing for my congress which is frustrating and also yeah. every and and there's there's a lot there's a lot around legislation i don't disagree i'm sorry I, i'm coming off like i disagree i don't disagree i'm i'm a yes i'm yesing and anding and and saying like i, yeah, I just, think just that also the <clears throat> issue is they're distracting from the democratic process as it actually is supposed to function because the less people engage with it in addition the less that people engage with it and they are disenfranchised they're like willfully listening to information they're like, please disenfranchise me and my vote. I want to listen to Russell. Please disenfranchise me and get me all riled up. And that's not going to help yeah. anything. And that's, that's the complaint I would have.
because it's it's actually a very yeah. hard road to hoe because understanding the enemy, quote unquote, the enemy, understanding your opposition, having so much time, resources, money to throw at something. It just gives you the it gives you like a better um picture like a better like actual picture of understanding the system rather than just being like mysterious deep state's going to do what they're going to do so, and we're powerless against it mm, mm. that's not positive yeah. that ain't helpful that's <laughs> that's you're taking someone's agency away that they don't that they have as a citizen you know yep yep pre pretty much pretty much um yeah I, I do somewhat agree with Glenn on the uh, on the right to protest being under attack in recent years. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trudeau using the Canadian Emergencies Act to shut down the trucker protest has been described very recently as unreasonable and not justified by a federal court in Canada. But of course, the Canadian government are appealing the decision, so it's not quite settled law yet. Um, the protest was intensely fucking stupid and ultimately inflicted harm on the entire country because of the way they were protesting. Um, so it is a gray area for me, but I do generally support people's right to protest, even if it is moronic. Uh, the, the bigger issue I have is actual legislation curbing people's right to protest like we've had over here. Um, and like in the US, uh, after the Extinction Rebellion protest brought central London to a standstill yet again, legislation was ultimately passed to ensure that any protest wouldn't be in any way a public inconvenience, which I dare say is the yes. entire fucking point of protesting. Yep. Um, yep. No yep. mention of it from Greenwald here, though, even though it's a much better example of what he's trying to say, because there's less money to be made from my example compared to throwing your weight behind a bunch of anti-vaxxers. So, yeah. Well, in the trucker protests in, in Canada that they're talking about, like, they weren't just stupid they were dangerous like they were yeah. dangerous and violent and disruptive like they they allowed for a lot of uh like law gen genuine law breaking and danger for the people that lived there like that's yes yeah. so it became a yeah, point yeah. that they like they, that was for safety not just to, yeah, like l l let alone the canadian economy and infrastructure and all of oh, that yeah, and your supplies sure. to various places well, there are there are so many ripple effects of of what they were doing that it was unreal let, let alone the people themselves and the way they were conducting themselves you know it, it was it was it was ridiculous um and you know i i i do sympathize um you know with with, with what the fuck do you do in that situation um how do you yeah. how do you deal with that it was a struggle um, it was a, mm -hmm. it was very it was very it was a challenging moment and it's it's i mm. i just cannot stand people using that as an example whenever like you got a body count on the left you know mm. like you have a body count not like oh i'm cranky you'll go to home like people get hurt kids get hurt mm -hmm. kids get killed like trying to stop destruction of our of our country and it, yeah that's oh man that's difficult to listen to yeah it was bleak um and yeah comparing it to uh to a free palestine protest is uh less than great gross um i'm gonna yeah. go put me down for gross Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, make that too. Um, in the next clip, Russell compares his and Glenn's career paths. You and I have both had, in a peculiar way, comparable journeys from 
darlings of different <coughs> aspects of the establishment. You obviously, as a very highly regarded and decorated journalist to apostate and attacker of the establishment, I've from being a Hollywood insider to being very much an outsider and extremely publicly maligned, I always assumed, particularly perhaps around the time of Occupy, that the radical movements such as you are describing, or at least you're describing the potential for with the communications miracle that is being addressed through these uh, highly sensorial measures, that it would bear the hue of a kind of culturally progressive leftist revolutionary movement. Plainly, that's not the case with the cultural left aligning itself with authoritarianism. Where does that lead us? What type of aesthetic is it going to be? Particularly when I speak to journal some journalists who say that even figures like uh, Javier Malay or indeed Donald Trump are ultimately aligned with economic interests that are not anti-establishment when it, you know, in practice. What did, what kind of inflection do you imagine that these movements might bear? What, is this something that you think about? Glenn, I'm going to have to stop you before I pose the next question because we are going to leave YouTube now. If you're watching us there, have a look. There's a <laughs> link insane. in the description right now. <laughs> Fucking hell, these That's edits. insane. Uh, <laughs> like, you just asked a question that I need to stop you right there before I ask uh, the next question. Like, oh, it, it, it would be such a simple thing to fix and make smoother. It really would. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> that was that was a bit of a bramble of a question from Russell. Um, that is difficult to track what the fuck he's talking about. Um, but he he's saying, in essence, oh, I always assumed anti-establishment movements would be culturally left-wing, but now the left are culturally authoritarian. Of course, referring to the left wanting to, I don't know, have everyone be respectful of people's civil rights. Um, and then he says, well, Trump and his financial interests, the, those aren't anti-establishment. So how the fuck are these movements going to look? You know, what's what, what's what's the situation going to be? Um, which, you know what? Valid question. It, it's uh, ish. Um, that that that's his question to Glenn, anyway. Um, yeah. In, in in terms of in terms of you know, kind of Trump's finances, I'm like, well, yeah, well done for acknowledging. Yes, not anti-establishment, not even in the slightest. It's just you need to take that to the next logical step about that, the rest yeah. of the human being. Um, yeah, to, to, to me, it very much kind of answers itself, um, especially with the MAGA movement, you know, in, in terms of how that's already represented, which is fundamentally all kinds of bigotry and conspiracy theory shit. Um, and, and that's that's what you're going to get, Russell. That's yeah. that's how it's, it's going to be that, but more. You're going to get more of it. <laughs> it's, it's That's what's coming. That's, and that's just free speech stops at what I want to say, not what I want to hear back from what I want to say. That's like, yeah. it's so yeah. childish. You're mm -hmm. such a dumb baby. You want to say what you want, and then no one can tell you that they don't like it. Or it's yeah. dangerous. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Yeah, it, it, it's, Period. Um, 
It's a culture of people who aren't a fan of consequences. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, in, in, in any shape or form. And, and Russell is very much on board with that concept, um, as we have seen. Well, to be um, fair, life has trained him. He doesn't have to actually suffer consequences. <laughs> yes, he has so constantly at that point, failed upwards. So, yeah, yeah. So then can you really blame him? Like, yeah, we've, well, we've no, trained I, this I dog it. to, to respond this way. Yeah. Can yeah, we be I, mad? I, I, I do understand. I'm still going to blame him, though. Oh, um, sure. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> um, and, and the other fucking idiots, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I, I, I do think it's fundamentally a stupid question, really, at the, under any amount of analysis. But, uh, but, but Glenn disagrees. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question because in the 60s and the 70s, the primary threat posed to American power and American domestic stability largely came from the American left, from the anti-war movement, from the civil rights movement, from a lot of black radical groups like the Black Panthers and Malcolm X and all those sorts of movements that were largely, not entirely, but largely left-wing. And as a result, all of the weapons assembled to combat them, the CIA, the FBI, the U.S. security state, all these laws, infiltration, became an enemy of the American left. That's why the American left for decades had always had a very jaundiced view of these security state agencies of the U.S. federal government, and then what happened in the in the in the era of Trump and the emergence of right wing populism, not just in the United States but around the world, is the security state switch. They no longer think that left wing radicalism is harmful. It's oh, very neutered. Oh. It's not. It's it's basically harmless. You know, it's not a communist movement. It's basically just a very soft, like AOC Bernie kind of like. Let's just make things a little like more like Denmark. It's not threatening to anybody. Oh, sure. And the threats that they decided really exist are right-wing populism. And so the CIA, the FBI, the U.S. security state turned their guns on right-wing populism. They did this explicitly. I mean, you look at their doctrine and they say the greatest threat to United States national security is not Iran or Iraq or, or Russia or Al-Qaeda or Hamas or Hezbollah. It's right-wing extremism here at home. They've made yeah, right-wing extremism, <laughs> namely the anti-establishment populist right of Donald Trump, the greatest threat. That's why they needed to call them an insurrectionary movement to justify all the surveillance on them and the criminalization of them. Pool. Okay. Okay. We're not on planet Earth. I see. We're in a so, rocket ship to fucking Mars. Now I get it. Some bad takes. Some bad takes coming through here. Yeah, the the left on dangerous stuff. Honestly, no one's no one's threatened by AOC. No one's threatened by Bernie. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, just take a look at AOC's Twitter and and then tell me if anyone's threatened by her. Well, but also, like, there's a conflation here, a convenient conflation between leftist and like neoliberal. Like a neoliberal, mm. like, which honestly, like liberal or Democrat, if you look at uh, a reasonable, um, you know, continuum of left v. right, they're like still like they're they're like center right. Like our our center or our left is center right. If you just look in, at the way that of, politics in terms of the world, works. yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's it's even in terms of just like not just the world now, but like the world kind of generally. <laughs> Like mm. historically, like yeah, I'm saying like it's it compared to the um, ethics and morals of like and and belief structures of like the left. I mean, this is the thing is like the I hear the same 
complaints from the left on the surface, but then like from leftists, but then they have like real shit to say <laughs> after they yeah. make the accusation. They're like, and here's my evidence. And these guys are like, yeah, it's, Near. it's, it's usually, usually this isn't going anywhere near far enough. Um, which right. Is, uh, yeah. Which is completely fair um but yeah, yeah. The, the idea that the the policies that aoc or bernie would want to put forward uh aren't dangerous to anyone is like well i mean maybe ask the billionaires um the the, the yeah. people who you know the people as harlan crow how he feels control everything how, how they Nancy feel pelosi how she feels about aoc she's made in no uncertain terms that yeah, right? like that's she that's her project is to keep that that gal under wraps it's it's kind of nuts like it, yeah th- come on yeah come on. yeah she she does make a compelling argument for wanting to shit on her desk i will say um now now um some uh yeah some remarkably bad takes coming through all around now the the, the greatest threat to the united states national security in glenn greenwald's mind should in fact be iran iraq russia al-qaeda hamas hezbollah or some foreign entity and not right-wing extremists. Um, firstly, Iran, Iraq, Russia, or Hamas have never, to my knowledge, made an attack on U.S. soil. Um, I don't think. Al-Qaeda quite obviously did 20 years ago, um, but um, the, these days they're a shadow of their former selves, having been usurped by the Islamic State. Um, Hezbollah technically have attacked on U.S. soil, but we're talking about an embassy in Beirut, um, which is, you know, pretty far away from the U.S. itself. Um, but technically speaking, counts as U.S. soil. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> also, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Also a weird, yeah, that, that's a whole weird concept. Uh, conversely, let me read you some information from the ADL's Center on Extremism, uh, published November 2023. Uh, quote, right-wing extremist terror incidents in the U.S. have been increasing since the mid-2000s, but the past six years have seen their sharpest rise yet. There were just seven right-wing terror incidents in the period uh, between 2005 and 2007, but by 2017 to 2019, there were 27, which increased to 40 in uh, 2020 to 2022. Um, so they're on the rise, right? Um, the ADL Center on Extremism has documented 67 domestic terror incidents by right-wing extremists in the United States from 2017 to 2022. These include successful terrorist attacks, failed terrorist attacks, and foiled terrorist plots. White supremacists, sorry, white supremacists were responsible for more attacks than any other type of right-wing extremist in the past six years. Yeah. Uh, 30 of 67, or 45%, right? Um, but anti-government extremists, anti-abortion extremists, and other types of right-wing extremists have also plotted and carried out attacks. Uh, right-wing terror attacks during this period also resulted in more deaths, um, 58 from such attacks than any of the previous six-year periods since the time of the Oklahoma City bombing. All but five of those deaths occurred in white supremacist attacks, primarily mass shootings directed against minority targets. Uh, most incidents, that is 72%, involved only a single perpetrator, whether an arsonist targeting an abortion clinic or a white supremacist shooter targeting a synagogue. Single perpetrators were also far more likely to successfully carry out attacks. Uh, plots with multiple perpetrators were usually stopped by law enforcement. Most incidents were not committed by organized extremist groups. 
Right-wing terrorists considered a wide array of targets. Uh, government targets were most frequently chosen by perpetrators, so 27%, uh, closely followed by targets based on an actual or perceived religion, uh, which is 25%, uh, which consisted of, uh, consisted of Muslims and Jews. Um, mm -hmm. Abortion-related targets and targets based on race, primarily black people, were also common at um, 13 and 12%, respectively. So, oh, so the, the numbers say it. The numbers say mm. it. There's statistics the, the, that are pretty plain. This is it. The, the government yeah. considers right-wing extremism as the biggest threat to U.S. national security because it is. Um, more innocent, non-combatant American lives have been lost to right-wing extremists in the last 20 years than any of the things that he's mentioned. Uh -huh. um, so that's and it. the government that's has even been facing massive pressure not to focus on it, and it's finally gotten so bad they can't ignore it anymore. They have to deal with it. They have to deal with it. They don't want to. They don't want to. All of the white people in power do not want to deal with this, but they have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's going great, everybody. Everything's going well. That's pretty plain. Uh, yeah. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, I'm curious what the statistics from the next two years are going to be. Let's put it that way. Um, this, I get the feeling the election results are going to play a big part in determining that factor. That's later. Yay. Let's talk about that later. Right, Yay. right now. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Yay. Nope. Okay. Anyway, Glenn has a little bit more to say on this subject. And of course, it switched so that now most of the liberal left sees the U.S. security state as their ally against Trump and right-wing populism. And especially that's true because the culture war has now become so important on the liberal left, you know, LGBT issues and trans issues and abortion and all of that and women's rights and minority rights. And, you know, the CIA and the FBI are very happy to go along with that. You know, every week they're posting like, hey, happy Indigenous Day and take uh -huh. a look at our bipolar trans, you know, <laughs> operative in the field. We're so proud of our diversity. And it's really done a great job of persuading. You know, they sold the war in Ukraine that way, also the war in Israel. Like, what? hey, this is good for LGBT rights. <laughs> so the kind of establishment has done a very good job of branding itself as left liberal from a culture war perspective and aligning itself with the liberal left by making their primary enemy the same enemy that the left has, which is right-wing populism and Trump. <laughs> and it has completely reversed the political dynamics in this country of who trusts those agencies and who doesn't, who cares about free speech and who doesn't. And the reason is, is because these Western power centers do now view right-wing populism, anti-establishment politics, even from the left, but also from the right, to be their greatest threat. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> uh, so in Glenn's view, us lefties have just been too taken. We've been tricked by the FBI and the CIA being inclusive and embracing diversity. And so we, now we just love them. We love the securities agencies in the US. Again, the leftist perspective <laughs> is that performative, yeah. like performative advocacy is fucking bullshit. And it's not enough. Like you said earlier, it's, it's mm -hmm. not nearly the fuck enough. Protect DEI, protect <laughs> affirmative action, what we used to fucking call it, and actually mm -hmm. in, like invest in civil rights, not just like create systems within institutions to give you plausible de deniability for fucking lawsuits. Because that's all DEI is. That's all any of that shit is anyway, is to protect you from a lawsuit. Like as a corporation and very often in the government. It's mm -hmm. not even to accomplish anything because it gets like any some any any legislation or any kind of like step forward with teeth 
gets gutted because of fucking like bad actors and attitudes just like this guy. That's fucked up. Oh, I don't like it. Oh, I don't like it at all. <laughs> and yeah, uh, uh. moderates and centrists on Twitter, which let's remember Twitter, because here's the thing. Um, when he gets x.com, and if I can type x.com into my browser and go to x, I'll start calling it that. It's fucking Twitter. It's annoying that anyone's <laughs> like it's twitter.com. Um, and if like very few like <laughs> people like this consider that to be the public square. It is such a small portion, even though it is still mm. very widely used. It is a tiny, tiny amount of the human beings that deserve Getting to be heard on the world. every day. Yes, also yeah. that. So mm. gauging what like moderates suddenly like loving the FBI and loving the CIA if they do something they like. Yeah, I have a problem with that too. Fucking knock it off. It's yeah, not, you don't yeah, get to make I... exceptions and play both sides. I, I I mean I haven't seen that much of that. I don't know if you've seen that much of that to be honest. It's um, the fucking it's the same shit. It's the it's like going to a diner and interviewing the Biden Trump voter. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um uh, did yeah, you find they, they, eight New York Times? Oh, you found eight of those people? Maybe that's congrats. not the story you need to focus on. Yeah, maybe 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 we don't need all sides of a conversation. Um yeah, it's or just uh, reasonable proportion of what the sides are, and like no, exa exactly the veracity exactly. I, 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 of your I, I, support I don't need, of your point. You know, I don't need every opinion; just the main ones would be fine. Um, yeah. Anyway, th this whole thing is plainly stupid on its face. But do take note of the demonization of supporting the LGBTQ plus community in what he's saying. Um, like, ah, look yeah. at these silly lefties supporting trans people in the LGBTQ plus community getting taken in like idiots. Um, we're not that stupid, so we'll just continue to hate them all and throw money at Donald Trump. Um, fantastic. The obvious point here is that no, the left do not love the various securities agencies in the US. Um, it is generally the left shouting to defund the bastards and make their spending transparent, as well as taking issue with the various actual problems within these institutions and their behavior towards marginalized groups of society in particular, among other things. Uh, but the problem we're really running up against here is that the arguments the left have against the FBI and CIA or what the fuck ever are based in reality, while the arguments that the right are making are based on elaborate and fantastical conspiracy theories, which then gives the appearance of the left being quite genial towards the securities agencies, uh -huh. when in fact, no, it's just our criticism is based in reality and not some variation of the head of the CIA eating babies or whatever you know <laughs> oh boy um yeah, yeah. we look and having just we, completed like, another yeah. book about the cia mm. i have no mm. love i just finished no. chaos like at this morning <laughs> no. and i'm just like no. oh it's bad just not how you're yeah. saying it dude exactly exactly as with everything on these fucking shows just just like no we do take issue it's just we have real problems to deal with right not this mad bullshit that you're coming out with well and like we were talking about before i think it was maybe a, um and the off brand when we were talking about like they're gonna call you a fucking socialist anyway joe biden like mm, you're not mm. you don't need to reach across the fucking aisle they're gonna call you a socialist no matter what you might as well like Fulfill your promises swing, to the people who are going to vote for Swing to the left. You. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Who gives a shit? Yeah, it's all, like, all going to be this. They're, they're all going to play make em ups anyway, so you might as well yep. just do the thing that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're past the point of, uh, of trying to walk the line at this stage. 
<laughs> well, our anyway, politicians yeah. aren't, unfortunately. They still ah, well, are yeah. pretending they're living in a different world where they can. Or they some I mean, days they sound like they're taking a hard line, and then the next day they're not. And that's not I good don't know. enough. If, if 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 you're over the age of seventy five, you probably are living in a different world. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You know, also that. Yeah. Also that. Uh, yeah. Um. Good Lord, Glenn Greenwald. Anyway, uh, now in in the next clip, Russell <laughs> Russell is about to present the argument that the MAGA movement is in fact not religious enough. Yes, because if they're ultimate, if ultimately these movements are undergirded by, if not the same, but comparable economic interests, there's a trajectory that can be predicted. Ultimately, the resources will be directed towards the kind of uh, to to operate with and move within the lines that are established always within those kind that within that kind of framework. I suppose that's why it's interesting and such a hideous phantom what? from the past to consider those truly ideological movements that were to some degree not materialistic i.e the great movements of the 20th century obviously i will acknowledge the horrors that they led to but when you start what? to establish ideals that are not about materialism when and, and it seems that much of the populist america first or you know many of the ethno national even if they're not explicitly ethno national even if they're sort of what? patriotic or nostalgic many of these movements seem to me to be trying to revitalize and establish a kind of a sense of purpose a sense of tribe a sense of unity a sense of coherence a sense of meaning that goes beyond we're just going to let the markets decide or we're going to let globalist or, you know, in the case of the region of the world I live in, sort of EU bureaucrats determine what our life and lifestyles are going to be. It seems to me that that's kind of what's burgeoning. That's what's, you know, waiting to be born. Something that is explicitly <laughs> anti-materialist, perhaps, or certainly anti-establishment is, a, seems like a step in the direction of movements that are not, a, not able to be housed within the current rubric. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, let me just give you a couple examples. If you look at Vivek Ramaswamy's campaign, that was, I Vivek. think, very difficult to pigeonhole yeah. ideologically. Rhymes a cake. Um, right, so so we're, we're difficult to pigeonhole ideologically. I'm agreed there. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> we'll get to Vivek in just a second because that's a whole other can of grifter yeah, worms. Right. But I, I, I want to address what the fuck Russell was just saying, dude. <laughs> that was something. <laughs> what are we talking so, about? So he's saying the MAGA movement needs to embrace ideas that are not based in materialism. If I were to be generous, I would say he means not profit motivated, but in reality we know from his many, many chats on Christianity that he believes secularism, rationalism, and the scientific version of the word materialism, which is to say the opposite of spiritualism, are the downfall of society. What's more, his ideas that are not about materialism for the from the 20th century appear to be, based on his inference, Nazism. <laughs> Well, like Russia, China, like because well, the, th the thing is, Russia and China. He he's labeled them both. He's labeled Stalin and Mao as atheists before, um, which again, not not accurate. We've covered that. Um, but um, but but yeah. The, the, so I I think I think he mostly means Nazis. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, well, look, you you know, they 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 had some things right. <laughs> No. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the thing is, is to trust him to be consistent within his own feelings about 
like on a given yeah. day. I'm not going to yeah. give that to him. Um, well, he has apologized for Nazis before, though. He, he, he has um, he has uh, done apologetics honestly, for the Nazis before. Sure. No, I'm not. I'm not. Oh. Also, I'm not. A, I'm not disagreeing. It's just mm. what. Do, what what I, is he trying to say? Yeah, like I can't parse <laughs> what he yeah. means to even definitively. Like to make to, I can guess, but to infer yeah. is a bridge too far for me personally. Yeah, my my my, my guess what is that the, the MAGA fuck? movement, the MAGA movement is supposedly not religious enough, um, and and possibly not fucking Nazi enough. Um, and I've I've got to say, hard disagree on both scores. Um, Are we just, talking about like? Does he did he accidentally say 20th century, and he thinks he's talking about like the the Rush, the French Revolution and the Terror? Like, what are we talking? I just I mean, if if he meant that, I would you know I I, I would um I don't know there'd be more to talk about, but yeah, I know. He's, he's, he's see how far I have to stretch to get specifically. Uh, oh, and yeah. never mind the horrors, you know, and 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 um. That's what saying. And, the the outcomes, like the bad outcomes. Okay, mm-hmm, what? Mm-hmm, are, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, also, to I conceive, don't think there's any other way to read it. <laughs> yeah, really to conceive, to have any understanding of an of any revolution of any kind, and mm. usually, um, what has ended up happening in the 20th century is that the Bauer v- vacuum is filled by people that are not the same revolutionaries, and in fact, the you know nature abhors a vacuum. The vacuum happens. And then the outcome of the of the uh, revolutionaries isn't exactly what ends up shaking out. Um, and mm-hmm. the uh, to to call any revolution glorious or beautiful, even if glorious revolution is in the history books, whatever, to, to conceive of any of them as like pure and good and wholesome, that isn't what we should expect from revolution. We, there isn't no, that's that's not no. how this works. And no, and and Russell's Russell's problem specifically is is that he wants more spirituality infused in there. He wants more of the religiosity. He want that's what he's that's what he's after. He, he's saying no, no. Everyone's everyone's kind of uh, the things that people are striving for are too ground. They they they're not uh, they're not aiming high enough. And and I think he might mean that somewhat literally. Oh, so he wants um, crusades. I well, see. this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I can't help but feel that if Russell ever gets what he wants, we will end up with a literal Inquisition and a religious crusade that would make Richard III blush. I you mean, know, that's, just, that's I'm, I'm just taking for. his own statements to their logical I know, conclusion. I know. It's insane. And I think it's because he doesn't know what he's talking about. I just. I mean, there's definitely an aspect of that. Ah! I think. I think he doesn't know the probable consequences of the things he's talking about, even if he likes the words that are coming out. Yeah, I just. I, I, if he doesn't know what he's saying, how am I going to know what he's saying? Because that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that was I would, jumbled. I would. I would love a full treatise from the man on on this specific subject to be able to pass what exactly he's shooting for. But um, but before Girl. before that, yeah, <laughs> don't yeah, hold your breath. <laughs> no, I know, I know. God, um, yeah. But but before we can ever achieve that, we first got to hear about Glenn's assessment of Vivek's campaign. Yeah, one of its principal themes, I would say, its central theme was that the main problem with the United States is not that we have too much debt or social spending or this or that, that we've lost any kind of purpose greater than ourselves. And so everybody wakes up every day and focuses on their little job in their cubicles. People don't have religion. They don't have spirituality. And that's why 
everybody's on antidepressants, everybody's depressed, everybody has, you know, all kinds of mental health struggles, because if you don't have a, you know, we're social animals, we're meant to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And if you lose that as a country, and I think this is a big part of right-wing populism, then you lose what it means to be human, you know, this kind of connective tissue that makes us feel like we are part of something. Mm, okay, we're we're all depressed because we're not spiritual enough. We've lost what we need to be human to feel like we're a part of something. That's why Vivek's campaign resonated, apparently. Um, Was that his yeah, campaign? Okay. Uh, that's news to me. I mean, I, I, I do agree with the portion about, well, you know, he wasn't coming out with policy or any of this stuff. I'm like, no, no, he was, he was sure um, entirely, entirely vibes based, was Vivek, <laughs> um, and continues to be uh, constantly at Trump's back at the moment, um, which is just insane to look at. Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, I said the part about Glenn not being religious would come back because, well, as far as I know, he still isn't. But he's uh, he's gotten fucking great at sounding like he is. Um, I'm going to read to you from a piece that Glenn wrote in 2022 in defense of a Brazilian politician called Cabo Daciolo. Uh, Daciolo is described as <laughs> messianic, theocratic, a Christian fundamentalist, and a conspiracy theorist. Um yeah, he has prophesied the cure of his fellow disabled lawmaker, uh, which has yet to come to pass, by the way. Oh, uh, no, no. Yeah, and he, he he also prophesied being elected president of Brazil in 2018, which um, well. I don't think don't think that happened. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's also viciously anti-LGBTQ plus uh, rights and anti-women's rights, um, and he's a piece of shit. Uh, so this this uh, this article uh, was written written after Glenn's husband fell ill. Uh, yeah, in Glenn's words, quote, Each time Cabo has called me to ask about David, he also conveys messages of support for me and our kids. It is usually an overtly religious message, but it is the opposite of alienating. It expresses the best and most noble sentiments of the Gospels, which I read for the first time at the age of 21, when I was shocked to find how radically different it was from what I had been taught to believe about the New Testament and Christianity, and how it Fair. often found expression in 1980s political debates from the likes of the Moral Majority, Jerry Falwell, and Pat Robertson. There was nothing evangelizing or mechanical about the biblical verses he references to me. They resonate deeply with me. He chose them with our family's fear, suffering, and deprivations in mind. They provided great comfort, spiritual connection, and love. This was the person who I have long heard from the left and still hear is driven by hatred, especially for LGBTs and our families. I have a lot more to say about all of this and maybe someday I will return to it. For now, I will just say that the left-wing politics cannot accommodate or form alliances with or even permit respectful and civil interaction with the Cabo Daciolos of the world is a movement that cannot succeed and probably is a movement that should not. Unquote. Um, okay, so because he's nice to me, he can't possibly also be a hateful piece of shit. He's a pick me um, girl. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the the argument is stupid on its face, and we've dissected it plenty of times already on this show. Um, and then, well, uh, he seems to be warming up to Christianity uh, just a little bit. Um, and uh, oh, and of, of course, using all of that to to be like, oh, the left is the left is never going to succeed and shouldn't succeed. Um, 
but yeah, of course, you know, it's it's a time of emotional crisis for for Glenn when this was written, but I can't help but sense a bit of a retconning of a lot of his previously outspoken atheist viewpoints. Yeah. Um, Which people yeah. can change. And we Absolutely. can see them change and wonder why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yet he's not kind of he's not kind of come out and wholeheartedly, you know, been born again anything. Um, you know, it, it's 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 I don't interesting. Think he's either. Uh, no, neither neither do I. Neither no, do I. Um, no. yeah. The the bitter reality is that sure there are good moral points to some of the New Testament in particular. I think, but the bad stuff is also still there. Um, and shitheads like Cabo Daciolo get to pick and choose which parts they want to listen to based on who they want to hate for being different to them. Uh, that same book with the loving passages in also has passages about burning me at the stake or stoning me to death, and ultimately people can and will use the Bible to justify their hatred. Cabo Daciolo is just exactly one of those people. Oh, and he hates atheists and said they should round up all the atheists in a football stadium for a crusade from God, and that if nothing happened to the atheists, he would quit politics. Um, Glenn, the man literally wants you dead for the entirety of who you are. What yeah. the fuck are you doing? Like, I just wow. don't understand the rationale of like, well, they like me. Who do uh -huh. you think they're going to put in the chopping block when they run through everybody else? Like, yeah. it is very yeah. much that. Like, or they're yeah. going to find an excuse to kick you out of the boat. They're just waiting for the time to do it. Come on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it'll be the gay atheists that they don't like that are on the chopping block first, and um, the ones they do like are coming next, I'm, I'm afraid, Glenn. Um, so, <sighs> boy, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Glenn intensely misjudging who people are, apparently Tucker Carlson and Steve Bannon are socialists who are actually more socialist than most socialists. The other issue is, you know, if you look at what <laughs> Steve Bannon was saying in 2016, I once got in trouble because I said, I think Steve Bannon and Tucker Carlson are both more socialists than a lot of people who identify that way. And if you listen to what Steve Bannon was saying during the 2016 campaign, or if you listen to what Tucker, Tucker Carlson in 2018 did one of the most anti-capitalist segments on oh. Fox News that I've ever seen in my life. It was kind of like, <laughs> what are all these hedge fund managers who are billionaire overlords actually doing for our country? They suck out wealth, they deindustrialize our country, and then all this wealth is just banker wealth. It doesn't produce anything. It's like vulture capitalism. And I think Steve Bannon has a lot of that sense too. You know, this kind of idea that like what you need actually is greater empowerment of American workers. Now- uh that has to be paired in their view <laughs> with the idea that you can't have millions of people flowing over the border into the country, especially illegally Ooh. every year. Otherwise we'll lose the ability to, you know, kind of have a healthy society where people can live fulfilling economically prosperous lives. But a lot of that ideology is focused on the need to get away from corporatism, this kind of extreme view of capitalism and return to a sort of sense of what is the welfare, prosperity, and happiness of the ordinary citizen. You're an immigrant, you fuck! Shut up! No. I'm sorry. I yelled. I was trying to keep my head away from the- You're an immigrant, but you're white, and you went to a brown person country, so you think it's fucking fine, Greenwald. You're an immigrant. Get fucked. That- Ooh, I didn't hear a lot of the other stuff because I was so mad. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <gasps> ah! 
the fury is justified. Um, yeah, so so concerned about the ordinary citizens' happiness is uh, Tucker and Bannon. Um, yeah, I, I can I can save Glenn some time with his assessments. Uh, Tucker Carlson and Steve Bannon are lying liars who lie to their audience for money. That is fucking it. Um, they're two of the most extreme libertarian free market capitalists you can imagine, and I don't give a shit what they've said to Glenn Greenwald or what they've said in front of a microphone because yeah. their actions and immense wealth tell enough of the story. <laughs> also, they have the leeway to be inconsistent because no one holds their feet Absolute to the fire. So you can find, just like the Bible, you can find something in there to justify and hold on to your idea that you want to mm -hmm. hear. Which mm -hmm. I, you know, maybe I have heard this previously and it just didn't connect. But the notion that Steve Bannon is on, like he said, Steve Bannon is about mm. empowering the American worker. And I was like, that sounds yeah. fucking wrong. And <laughs> nope, then he was nope. like, because immigrants. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, hey, you know Excuse what? Me, sir. No, no, no. <laughs> Thank you for showing me a, a, like one of the game, like one of the plays that. I should be expecting like I should be expecting that argument to like I should be expecting the anti brown people anti immigrant anti immigration argument to be couched for in the worker the worker right? yeah worker that's, empowerment that's, yeah well you know they His, took our jabs right? everything you know, he just said was like yeah. yeah you can entertain that if words don't mean things anymore I I was gonna point out one time that he was. Just usurping the meaning of words, but it just kept happening. So I just mm -hmm. had to gesture to the man with my hand in front of me. I don't know what else to say about that. And also, I was a little upset. So what are you going to do? Oh, my God. In, in, entirely fair. Jeez. Um, yeah. Tucker Carlson and Steve Bannon are very socialist socialists. <laughs> How does he even get through the sentence without giggling to himself i practice. honestly don't know practice uh, yes yeah probably probably he's there doing it in the mirror all morning just well like, no he's he's been doing it for a long time that's why yes yes he has yes he's he seasoned has. oh boy bullshit artist um Damn. anyway Ro russell wants to talk about tucker a little bit more um but viewers and lauren please watch what glenn is doing closely in this clip Similarly, Tucker notably opposed that other great myth of our time, progressivism, and I don't mean cultural, but the idea, of course, that we are broadly progressing along technological and medicinal lines, reaching Icarus-like, and we all know how he ended up, into new Apolline territories when he said that he wouldn't hesitate to ban AI truckers oh. and automated work in order to facilitate great uh, negotiating <laughs> conditions for American workers and Where? drivers. And it seems to me that those kind of principles when uh, espoused Where? by what someone who identifies you know, with conservatism <laughs> likely come from many of the principles of fraternity Glenn. that would be found in Christianity. And it's often said of British Sir. socialism that it has more owes more to Methodism than to Marx. But having a set of social <laughs> principles, I don't mean socialist <laughs> principles, but the idea that people oughtn't only be regarded in terms of their utility and when their utility <laughs> expires, so do they. <laughs> These are these values, these ideas, which, you know, I can see why they might be coupled with anti-immigrant <laughs> pro-boundary type politics. It seems to me have a kind oh, of a, oh, a certain uh, value to them. <laughs> and they're certainly values that appear to be popular. And ultimately, I, I figure that even if these 
views are at odds with many of the sort of contemporary ideas around, you know, no boundaries and immigration is beneficial. I suppose these things kind of, if people have the right to hear those views, don't they? And have the right to entertain them and even oh. vote for them. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> So if Glenn Greenwald is going to open mouth chew food into a mic, I got to leave. This is not my choice. My brain was made this way. I'm so sorry. Oh, I mean, I buy. Uh, what are we? This, this, this is one of those rare moments where I'm, I'm super glad that, uh, that Stay Free have a policy of muting the other side when Russell is talking. No shit. <laughs> He was he was chomping away like he was he was munching on something through most like open mouth chewing like I I I almost respect how little he gives a shit. <laughs> you gotta say like <laughs> it is a little bit of like it all. The thing is, it's like all of these interviews are so like there is an underlying tension of either we're both like we have to like, we have to keep up the the game. And mm. if you don't keep up the game, there's going to be a problem. So there is this kind of underlying tension of like we're all in the same, like we're we're going down the same yeah. path, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there you can't bring it up. <laughs> yeah, but like, but also like, man, oh, that is so yeah. fucking rude. He like, was, it's he was, so. I mean, to- to try and paint a picture for listeners, like he was grandpa chewing on that thing. He was, he was really was cow. Yes. giving yeah. cow. She was giving yes. cow. <laughs> I, and like, yeah, oh. to, to watch this kind of like, man, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald does not give a single solitary shit. Does not huh? give a fuck no, about no, I, this man. No. Oh, man, I would be, I'd no. stop the shit and be like, nope. I know you're not listening to me. I can Sir, see your fucking face. <laughs> Don't chew on my show. This is not a Wendy's. Sir. Um, right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Um, uh, so, uh, do you have better things to do? You should have you noshed a little bit before we got here. If you're hungry, we can stop right now and you can go and do your thing, sir. Mm-hmm, That's. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. want to make this like it sounds superficial. It does like to just say that. And because for me, it is like, I know what my kryptonite looks like. <laughs> I know what like all <laughs> my grades in college like. <laughs> were a fucking grade letter lower, at least because of the existence of chewing gum. I don't get to make these choices and nobody helped me manage it. I've just been mm-hmm. out here in the wild fucking suffering. <laughs> like it's misophonia is not fun. I don't mm-hmm. like it at all. Uh, but like that is. There is a little honey badger to it that I do have to say. It's yeah, it's 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 a baller move in 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 a way. Um, it's a very oh, fuck you and wow. your fucking listeners. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, I'm not bringing it's, it up it's, just it's, for the the aesthetics of it. Like there's there's yeah. a deeper quality to wow. the disregard. Yeah, just, just no subtlety, no no trying to no anything. Um, it's it is incredibly distracting to watch him chomp his way around what I think it was a lozenge or something. Um, to to the point where I had to watch this clip about five times before I properly took in what Russell was I saying. Say, I have no idea what Russell said. <laughs> no, no, Russell wasn't um, helping so, me. <laughs> no, but I have no idea. 
No, no, no. You're, no, you're going to have to help me out. Com- com- completely at a loss. Um, so Also, you were so, giggling at my f- my horror-struck I, I, face I, 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 the I entire time. I, I had no chance. I couldn't help it. I know. I couldn't help I... it. What, what, watching you being stunned and then watching Glenn just chew harder. I was like, nah, this is too I'm just like, it's still happening. <laughs> it's still happening. It's getting worse. He's, he's opening his mouth wider. Why? Why? Is it going to uh, be a whole sandwich? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so so uh what russell was saying was that oh god how, how to get back into this now uh what russell was saying uh was that tucker rejects technological pro- progressivism and is against ai and robotics and blah 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 that was fucking bananas. I, I, I did yeah, i i got mm, that far i'm like oh okay yeah right. yeah and 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 i mean i think plenty of people are skeptical and concerned about ai so fucking whatever um what what russell is saying is that uh People have the right to hear and vote for ideas that involve them being more than just a utility, like in the current system where people are either productive or cast aside. And again, Russell, the thing you're railing against is called capitalism for the thousandth time. Uh, Capitalism is the problem, but you can't say that because it would alienate your audience and their god king. Um, He also says that he understands why the concept of people being treated as more than units of production being tied to anti-immigration rhetoric makes sense. Um, Yeah, and curiously, he doesn't seem to push back on the idea or describe it as problematic in any way at all. Um, Again, it would alienate his audience if he tried, uh, regardless of what he believes. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what he was saying in the moment. Well, yeah, um, yeah, and the AI thing. I think that mm. um, I I am also very worried. That's that, man, that makes me mad because, like, mm. I remember a while back I described like, oh yeah, when we went to Roswell. Uh, we actually got to like watch real commercials on TV, mm. um, and yeah, Pat, uh, not Pat Robertson, he's dead. Yay, he's uh, dead. Yeah, woo. Um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, shit, J- Baker. Baker Buckets, Jim Baker had this oh, yeah, whole yeah. like, you know, like th- this this th- impending doom destruction of AI that's coming and like likening it to a nuclear holocaust. Now, there are also commercials that I see on TV for my streaming services that say that are like AI can do this magical logistics thing and I can't help but th- watch those commercials and think what if one thing goes wrong? Like, what if one thing <laughs> yeah. in that computer program, either as an input issue for humans or just in the guts of the thing itself, well, if Somehow, that goes wrong, yeah. destruction could be, like, the destruction could be epic. The problem could be epic. Now, that's not how, like, that's, I'm engaging in good faith that I understand, just like the, the, um, like humans have not proven themselves to be responsible across the board with nuclear power. That's mm. the complaint that we have against nuclear power is not that it's inherently good or bad necessarily. It's that humans can't be trusted to keep it safe and good. It is too big of a problem. We can't be trusted with it. So AI will get to a point where they're like, I'm just going to hit a button and woo and everything will be fine. And like, no, something really bad could happen. And we can't ignore yeah. the ramifications of a problem. Humans aren't great at this level of risk management. That's yeah, the they, thing this, that they, we need they, to this, keep an eye on. 
I yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, with great power, great responsibility, right? It's 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 the, the Spider Man law of the universe. Um, you know, and and um yeah, we we as a species, um as a collective are not great with that. Some places are in the world, some places really fucking are not. My um and capitalism, I mean, my, my, that would be yeah, the factor that is really big part but of also it. not necessarily all the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, my my um my brother, you know, Senior scientific advisor to the Welsh government. He specifically works with nuclear. That's that's his field, mm -hmm. um, you know. And and he he deals a lot with the regulation side of it and the problems therein. And you know, it's not perfect in this country. Drastically fucking underfunded is typically the problem. Um, Which is and, the danger. Mm -hmm. That's what causes the danger. Exactly. Uh. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and and we are considered a fairly responsible country in terms of dealing with nuclear power. Hmm. Um, um, so you must know, be nice. The, the... <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Um, so you know, let, let let alone countries that um, give less of a shit um, about you know, you know, big big clouds of radiation making their way across the world, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So you know, the, yeah, I know I agree with you. And AI is very much the same thing. It's like okay, this is a massive amount of power, but it you know. It needs to be under strict and tight kind of conditions, and it doesn't feel like that's where we're. That's what we're doing right Not now as a society. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we should be able to vote for all of the things that Russell just said. Um, so to be more than just a unit of of, of productivity, um, and I, I guess alongside that the uh, the anti-immigration rhetoric as well fantastic um glenn's response was nothing especially interesting to that so we're going to move on just a little bit to where glenn is no longer eating um and here russell pose a different question because much of what you do is about bringing together complex information and telling stories using that data, it's interesting to me when you dis when one discovers in conversation that still the modes and methods of the powerful involve quite arcane ideas, like just flooding a population with terror. That the issue of Julian Assange's imprisonment seems just. Uh, less significant relatively if you feel like you're in a, an existential crisis. It also helps me to see now the value, importance and power of independent media almost in real time. If you take something like the Nord Stream pipeline, it was almost like it seemed ridiculous when it was reported that it was Russian sabotage when it was clear what the dynamics and uh, effect and point of that pipeline was. You could People could quickly say, no, it's more likely that this is a sort of a Navy SEAL op. Maybe Poland were involved, potentially them. And like it, the, everything has collapsed. The amount of time has collapsed. That's why it's interesting to discover, for example, a leak journalist did some reporting <laughs> on Moderna's surveillance and <laughs> the amount man. of money Moderna are spending on tracking and deamplifying dissenting voices like Alex Berenson and Jay Bhattacharya. But, you know, obviously they, I was targeted by them. It's interesting to see. How independent sure. media voices will be smeared, maligned, and attacked in order to preserve these interests. And I afforded myself a wry smile and a slightly terrified chuckle when you said, if you want to attack establishment power, do be ready for them to attack you a lot more seriously because of what's happened to me recently. It's it's a sort of a recognizable playbook, is it? And is it and now that independent media is so influential and effective, it's something that we're likely to see more of, I suppose.
<laughs> you gotta warn me. You gotta warn God. me. This isn't Damn fun. I'm can't. <laughs> that's the that's the last one. That's last the last one? one. Are you he, sure? He, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure. Um, he he now has uh, a mouth. You full cut of, the clips. Of... You're either hundred or zero percent sure. <laughs> I'm not yet. Yeah, nine nine. I'm 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 okay. hundred percent. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm. I, I'm if it happens maybe. in your surprise, I'm not going to hold it against you. But <laughs> maybe, if you're maybe. if you if you're pretty maybe. sure that you're convinced that it's over, I, I can't I can't remember damn. exactly when he swallows. Fucking <laughs> rude. My, like, yeah. But either way, he now has has a mouthful of lozenge and it's buried in his cheek, so he has to answer the next question with a mouthful of lozenge. <laughs> Still not great. Oh, it's not fantastic. Not great. Um, well, but that's also oh dear. Just the the flowery like, just mm. the the faff. Around these questions mm. that are so simple and like, I know. I why know. are we he talking about the Nord Stream pipeline with your like, your your persecution <sighs> complex in the media? Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know on. why he's what? he's um, bringing both of those things into the mix. But that was another brief reference to our first episode where we did yep. cover that there Nord Stream pipeline. Yeah. Um, available evidence since we first covered it points at the sabotage most likely being a Ukrainian operation, <laughs> not a Navy SEAL one like Russell just said, but conspiracy theorists will keep conspiracying. Um, wild. And, uh, yeah, and, and Ukraine do still deny any and all involvement, so there is that. Pipelines um, are a <clears throat> great example of humans not doing enough to like not mm. being willing to do enough to protect the environment to protect each other from yeah, th- uh, yeah. effects of yeah these like massive it's, it's environmental a lot, it's a lot of work and a lot of money um yeah. yeah and they usually don't keep it out of the groundwater so come on mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. track record Absolutely. is not good for us to trust you Nope. Uh, and Russell is once again expressing his victim complex, uh, yet again saying, I've been attacked, um, which is a funny way of saying I attacked several women, and it turns out people don't like that very much, but mm. hey, he's been attacked. Um, validated by, of course, by Glenn Greenwald with a mouth stuffed full of lozenge. Mm. <laughs> Oh, what happened to this show? Um, Right, as it is, the part of that question that Glenn seizes on is Julian Assange. So so here is his answer. I think people forget, because of everything that happened in the Julian Assange case, that the first, very first thing they did to him after that 2010 leak of the Iraq and Afghanistan war logs and the diplomatic cables, beyond trying to convene a grand jury to criminally prosecute him and they ultimately found they couldn't find anything but what they really tried to do was use allegations of sex crimes against him suddenly these two women in sweden appeared together they didn't really claim he had been he had raped them but it became a rape charge because they said that they were having consensual sex with him he they asked him to use a condom and he didn't which under swedish law is rape Mm, it ended up you know they were clearly not interested in investigating it they could have gone and interviewed him at the embassy they chose not to they pretended they had to get him onto swedish soil but he wouldn't go there the ecuadorians protected him because they knew if he went there they would give him over to the americans the whole thing was a farce Ooh. but that was what led to the entire process first of creating a big cloud around julian assange and then you know forcing him to seek asylum in the ecuadorian embassy and not be able to leave for nine years and then ultimately bullying the ecuadorians out of asylum and going to arrest julian assange oh, okay. Uh, 
<clears throat> we've covered Julian Assange being a piece of shit before, but I will give a brief overview. Um, there were several rape charges, uh, unlawful coercion, and many cases of sexual molestation leveled at Julian Assange. Uh, Sweden wanted to extradite him from the Ecuadorian embassy to be able to arrest and try him for the charges. Ecuador wouldn't comply, and Assange managed to wait it out for years until the evidence for said charges had weakened enough for them to be dropped. Real piece of shit. Um, as for why he's in prison, he was charged with conspiracy to commit uh, computer intrusion for helping Chelsea Manning hack a government computer, and has been avoiding extradition to the US. Uh, the very final appeal hearing on that point will be on the 20th and 21st of February uh, 2024, this year, um, at which point the expectation is he will most likely be extradited to the US immediately to face the justice system. Um, Just so, yeah. extradition laws. Just know what they are before you mm. make accusations, right? Mm, yeah. Extradition treaties are a thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like just and part of the know, legal system. Yeah, he he uh he fucked around, he found out. Um Yeah, you know, I don't the, the, I don't I mean give me give me evidence that collusion was occurring between America and Sweden. And I'll yeah. listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there was no evidence. That was a that sounded like another make em ups to me. It might be on yeah. his live journal. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, in, in terms of the the conspiracy there to to you know to hide, you know to 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 get rid of Julian Assange because it was too difficult a problem. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, but but I mean the the right don't exactly have a history of believing women. Um, so we'll we'll. We'll say that. Right. Uh, right. I will, I will kind say of the most he's, important he's, first step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he is making these these bold claims on the right show, I will say that. Uh in uh in the second That's half true. of his answer. Uh -huh, he in knows the second half he knows of his, his crowd. <laughs> yes. Glenn gives the allegations against Russell um one hell of a lot of cover and engages in more than a little bit of gross flattery. The thing that always amazes me, Russell, I always go back to this, is when Daniel Ellsberg leaked the Pentagon Papers, what the Nixon administration did was they ordered a break-in of his psychoanalyst's office to try and find out what are his sexual, psychosexual secrets to release them so that you kind of hear about Daniel Ellsberg's sexual fantasies or deviations or whatever, and everyone's like, ooh, I don't want to have anything to do with Daniel Ellsberg or his Pentagon Papers. It always struck me as such a non sequitur when I was young and naive. Like, why would you break into a psychoanalyst's office as a response to the Pentagon Papers? But that's the playbook. And if you can create kind of a personal sexual scandal around the dissident, which is almost always done, you can get a lot of people to just instinctively turn away and say, oh, this person is someone who's kind of scummy, who I shouldn't trust, who I just kind of want to avoid. And that is something that you see over and over and over happening to people who end up in those positions. I suppose it's difficult for me to entirely indulge that because it feels uh, self-aggrandizing to put myself into that kind of category when Wait, really what we're I'll doing... I'll say it for you. I mean, I've said it for you, so <laughs> yep. you don't have to. Oh, oh dear. Um, yeah, okay, so sexual preferences are, of course, the same as being a serial sexual assaulter and rapist. Thank you for the false equivalency there, Glenn. Um, and Russell is actually exactly the same as Daniel Ellsberg, Edward Snowden, and Julian Assange. Well, maybe he's a little bit like Julian Assange. <laughs> um, the Daniel but... Ellsberg thing, like, sorry you're simple, that you didn't figure mm. out that, a, that <laughs> they were trying to find dirt on a guy by breaking into their 
their doctor's office. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, you're so. simple. Don't apply that to everybody else. That's yeah, like so, sorry you took your time getting there, but that sounds like um. that sounds like a YP, sir. Like that? No, that's not <laughs> like and mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, don't extrapolate that. Like no one. It's also never presented in an innocent way. Like oh, they just mm. oh, well, it was a completely random and not associated burglary. Like no, no, no. That's no one's saying that. And you thinking that because you were you're claiming you thought that because you were young and naive, that's mm. that's your problem. That's not yes, indeed. You can't extrapolate that past you. That's weird. That's weird. Mm-hmm. 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 It is weird. It is weird. Um, as are the comparisons uh, to these these here whistleblowers. Um, Greenwald, as mentioned, uh, previously doesn't really give a shit about most people or things, um, except. Russell's audience is about six times the size of Greenwald's, at least. Uh, uh, so he's, yeah, so he's laying the flattery on thick and heavy. It is gross, and this man knows better. Um, he's not stupid. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows he knows that there's no way the allegations against Russell were manufactured. He just doesn't care as long as there's a way for him to profit. Like Greenwald knows this, he was a journalist once. He now does this. Um, but you know, wow, wow. That's, um, mm, mm. You know what? Like, though? It's, 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 mm, mm. If I could just snack or leave when, I, like, it, so there is another. There's a, Green, Greenwald's been, I think, in our like our orbit. You know, like recently, and whenever like yeah. his time is yeah, up, yeah. he was he was contracted for three hours to show up at this little talk. And as soon as mm-hmm. three hours hit, he was like, bye. He, he, yeah, didn't didn't even buy. He just he, noped out. Yeah, you kind of got to <laughs> respect. Uh, you got to you got to respect somebody who knows their boundaries and will enforce them to be to be fair. But also mm-hmm. the, mm, everything feels like I was, saying, I was saying earlier, everything feels like a little bit of like a tension and a power play. Mm-hmm. And even if he's saying things that are nice, I can still hear you know, there's been several moments in this in this interview where like, oh, Glenn Greenwald thinks what you just said is stupid and you're not aware that he, you know, like thinks that you're kind of dumb. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that he's correct and maybe you should be less of a judge generally, but like also mm. correct. But like, I mean, the eating thing is like that seems like lbj like whipping your dick out to take a piss in public <laughs> yes and the, yeah and and everyone yeah. around you just has to deal with it like yeah that ain't yeah. just because you gotta pee it ain't just because you're hungry fucking suck no, it up that's, that's rude that, that's, don't be rude yeah. yes so yeah, it's that, that tension that like makes this all kind of like extra uncomfortable but then this <laughs> him like hit glenn greenwald then like playing into Mm. Russell not wanting to self-aggrandize, but then, oh, I will. Okay, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can you, see you that there's an insincerity if you won't like put food in your mouth while they're talking, like while you're in yeah, an interview. Yeah. This interview isn't five fucking hours long, dog. Come on, no. like, no, no. The, the, it was uh, it was what three quarters of an hour, roughly. Uh, <laughs> this this whole thing. That's tough. That's but, tough. Yeah, I know. What are you gonna do? That's weird. Well, Yep. Um, <laughs> now, Glenn has some things to say about those of us who dare call him and Russell conspiracy theorists. 
But it seems like that by putting videos online where you're critical of the deep state or corporate interests or COVID policy or the origins of the war in Ukraine or, or the increasing power of organizations like NATO, WF, WHO, it's like I know how it will be reported on outside of these spaces. They'll go, conspiracy theorist Russell Brand claims, then that's disrespectful. You know, but it's there is a, pre a precedent, it seems, for that. Russell, think about this. The people who call you a conspiracy theorist, and of course, I've been called that, you know, everybody who's a critic of the establishment gets called that. These are the sure. people who went around for four years claiming that Vladimir Putin had secretly seized control of the United States by having a PP pornographic tape of President Trump urinating on <sighs> prostitutes in the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. They were constantly claiming oh, that Russians were hiding under every bed, were controlling our country, even while Trump did exactly the things that would be most harmful to the, to the vital interest of Moscow, like flood Ukraine with lethal arms and try and sabotage Nord Stream 2. He was trying to bully the Germans out of buying natural gas from the U.S. and not from Russia. I mean, what a weird blackmail victim to go around doing the worst possible things to Putin. But it doesn't matter because these are the real conspiracy theorists. And, you know, all the stuff with COVID, the minute you tried to question whether or not this was done through a lab leak and not through a natural occurrence. Oh, that's a, a, a malicious conspiracy theory they published in Lancet. These are the ways that they control dissent. They're free to disseminate the most. Remember, the Hunter Biden laptop came out right before the 2020 election. And what did they say? It's Russian disinformation. The Russians are behind it. It was a total lie. It was a total deranged conspiracy theory that came from NBC and CNN and major media outlets. It didn't come from independent media. So this is this idea of conspiracy theory is always what they try and do to discredit anybody who deviates from their orthodoxies. Thanks. He can't turn his phone Thanks. off either. Cool. Oh, dear. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> listeners or, or viewers, I don't know. But, like, I heard it, at least in, in my ears, that his phone started vibrating on the table where his laptop is, which I – listen, the, the, the wiggly laptop struggle with your, with your camera, I get it. It's tough. Mm -hmm. But that means I got to work extra hard to not touch my table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I yeah, look you like know, and, some semblance of a professional <laughs> and letting yeah, it exactly. vibrate on and, the table. And, and, and <sighs> we we don't we don't make millions out of this show. Uh, Glenn Greenwald no. does make millions doing what he does. So you know, no. I, I feel like we can maybe expect a higher standard. Um, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a lot. Uh, so Russian interference in U.S. politics and elections is a conspiracy theory, apparently. Um, except for the, you know, evidence, um, you know, and the multiple arrests of Russian agents for doing exactly the things that we've said that they're doing, um, which one might say might take it from conspiracy theory to conspiracy fact, to use Russell's terminology. Um, well, and he's yeah, making wow. that like extreme example that no yeah. one is saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Just no, no one, is, no one is making the argument that all oh, Putin, Putin is was Putin's secretly running America, secretly running the country. Shut no, just up, nobody was. Like, no, no, no. It's 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 yeah. No, it it's is. um 
Yeah, I mean it's a, it's it's a straw man is what it is. Um, yeah. As for uh, as for the P tape, um, yeah, I couldn't care less if Trump likes to get peed on. More power to you, and and it wouldn't overly surprise me if the tape exists. But if it does, my bet is that it's far from the worst thing that the Russians could have on Donald Trump. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I was I, like, I think don't mm. care, super don't care. Like, put nope. the 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 laptop. And you put the mm. P-tape in a box and throw it in the fucking ocean. I don't care about those two <laughs> things. I care about using the presidency and using all your, like, your money and your, like, to leverage, uh, like, fucking shady, uh, oh, what do I think? Realty. You know, like, sh shady um, property deals. And yeah, 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 to like leverage real estate and leverage money laundering and leverage like d favoritism for your fucking kids to be able to keep your yeah. money in the family so you can hide it better. Yeah, I'm worried about all of that. That's what I'm yeah. concerned with. Can we talk about that and stop like the P tape are, from everybody? So fucking shut up. I don't care about the color of his skin. Honestly, I think that Donald Trump's hair is hilarious. I don't care. I'm not going to complain about it. As is mm. his suits. They're funny. He looks like a deflated, like blow up dinosaur. Great. Yeah. Comedy yeah. gold. I don't care Tiny about hands as well. Yeah. yeah it's, all, fine. it's all hilarious. It's all yeah. there. I don't. I what I actually dancing, care about funny. is the yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the actual the laws, the yeah, laws, like the actual the like laws. illegal dealings <laughs> that yeah. are going to impact us as Americans and going to hurt us. As a and, society. And beyond that, you know, I, I, I realize this is kind of a quaint notion at this point, but for anyone <laughs> who wants to lead a country, I care about just moral stuff as well, because That's that should be cared true. about. That should be cared about. That's for absolutely a fucking if, true. If, if you start listing those things as well, by God, it's yeah. a long fucking list. Yeah. Um, and as as for Hunter Biden's laptop, I know you don't care about it, but Glenn Greenwald resigned over that story. <laughs> <laughs> he cares about it. He's going to bring it up any chance he gets because he resigned over that story. You can't oh, be right, dear. be loud, I guess. Well, he's doing something. Um, next, uh, Russell brings up uh, Gonzalo Lira or Coach Red Pill, who we spoke about last week. Gonzalo Lira has like, died in jail in Ukraine. At his most recent White House press dinner, Biden talked a lot and passionately uh, within the limitations that he always appears to experience about the importance <laughs> of the free press and how it's a foundational principle and our like, site in Jefferson and stuff. What uh, Gonzalo Lira predict predicted, predicted his own death. And why is it important? Why is it not reported on in the legacy media where, you know, when they would talk about other journalists that were behind bars and it'd be something that they would sort of celebrate and magnify? The way human rights concerns work is very simple. Human rights concerns are weaponized against the countries we dislike and want to destabilize. So you hear yeah. constantly about the mistreatment of LGBTs in Iran or the mistreatment of women in Iran. But you almost never hear about the mistreatment of LGBTs in Egypt or in Saudi Arabia or really? of women in those countries or at the UAE or Really? Or Bahrain or Jordan, because these are all American allies. We have no interest in destabilizing yeah. those countries. So we don't care about the human rights abuses of them. But really? Iran, 
which is a more open and democratic place than any of those other countries I just named, certainly than Egypt and Saudi Arabia. It's a constant drumbeat of, you know, how are they treating their women? How are they treating their elders? Why? Why? Why do we hear so much about Iran and nothing about these other more savage countries? Because Iran is a country adversarial to the United States and these other countries are our close allies. We, we prop them up. We arm them. We finance them so the U.S. media ignores their abuses. More savage countries. That's 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 the phrase he just used. Lovely. Rough. Um, uh huh. So so from the off, this is some dumb whataboutism. Um, it, it's incredibly obvious and a bad argument. Um, so Iran's treatment of women and LGBTQ plus people cannot be excused by other countries like Egypt and Saudi Arabia also treating their women and LGBTQ plus people poorly. Um, or in the case of Saudi Arabia, torturing and murdering gay people. Um, it, it is incredibly obvious whataboutism. And here's a fun fact for you. Glenn Greenwald was on the debate team in college. Mm. And he has a law degree. He knows exactly what he's doing here in this clip. Like, he knows exactly what he's saying. What's, of course, even dumber is that a very brief cursory Google search brings back tons of articles from the BBC, New York Times, Al Jazeera, etc., etc., on these very issues if yeah. you ever bothered to fucking look. That's what I was waiting Glenn, for. I was like, how easy is this to find? It's just, it's all right in front of you. Like, Glenn Greenwald, you might not be in the right media sphere to see those articles I naturally. But, but Sorry like, about give, your algorithm, dog. Exactly. Sorry about give, your algorithm. <laughs> given that you apparently hate the lgbtq plus community so much i am not surprised but i promise you those articles do exist yeah like they are fucking there um just because you've not seen them doesn't mean they don't this isn't fucking you know ostrich theory like jesus wept oh wow um right we got one final clip um and glenn uh gets to chat about gonzalo lira uh finally so when you have somebody like Gonzalo Lira, an American citizen, clearly not just being arrested and imprisoned for his criticisms of this war that he has every right as an American citizen to criticize since his government is financing it, but to kill him in prison through mistreatment and negligence, it's the kind of thing that ordinarily the United States government would be screaming bloody murder, murder over. It's their obligation eh. to protect their citizen. But Ukraine is our puppet government, <laughs> and we have no interest in criticizing Ukraine, and so... The idea that Gonzalo Lira was a critic of the war means in a lot of people's minds, like Julian Assange, that he's a Russian agent and therefore he got what he deserved. It's extraordinary. Glenn, thank you for coming on and uh, providing, as usual, the uh, standard of education and Bleh. passion that uh, we associate with you. Cheers for passion. coming on, Glenn. I appreciate your time, mate. Always great to see you, Russell. Hope you're well. Thanks so much. <laughs> okay. Um... Now, now, goodbye, Glenn. Uh, we, we covered this last week. Uh, Gonzalo Lira was a piece of shit misogynistic YouTuber known as Coach Red Pill, throwing pro-Russian propaganda around during wartime in Ukraine. He was jailed, released on bail, he tried to flee the country, breaking the terms of his bail, and was consequently imprisoned for doing so, because he was a literal flight risk. Um, he then unfortunately got pneumonia and died in hospital. Uh, there is also a rumor that he was supplying troop and weaponry information to Russia, but there is no credible source for that point. Mm. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but the guy fucked around, very much found out, before dying of natural causes at 55. Um, very unfortunate. Well, but even if but it's pneumonia, like, okay, is, mm. uh, yeah, you gotta, mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. uh, <laughs> prisons being a bad place in wartime. Mm. You, you gotta give me or more than general. that. 
yeah also yeah, yeah, in general yeah, ex- exactly 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 you know it's, it's like well yes populated place probably not in the best of conditions like yeah the stuff's gonna go around it famously does um you know yeah. maybe try and avoid end up ending up being there you know mm-hmm. well Ra- i mean rather, even rather, if- than, rather than you know putting videos up about how the the russian invasion is the best invasion in in history and all of that shit yeah um, i just i feel like oh if you just do something wrong and you end up in jail and then you just complain about the like you find a weird pet complaint about politics then magically you're a political prisoner that's not how that mm. works no 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 and no. um you know, he he very much could have avoided the situation twice. Um, and 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 there we go. He he went back. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's it's unfortunate. Um, you know, prison should be in uh, better conditions all the time. Yeah, sure. Uh, ag- agreed. Agreed. Uh, do you know what? A war shouldn't be happening there. Full stop. Also, we can, that <laughs> we can start with that. That would be cool. Um, yeah and uh know for a fact that we have different solutions to that problem compared to these two chuckleheads oh boy um so yeah uh fuck glenn greenwald i guess is is where (laughs) it's where i is where i land on on this whole conversation i mean i see Mm. it i get it Mm. i get like Mm. i i know what i'm looking at now um i don't think i had to confront his like attitude or disregard or like you know flippantness necessarily Uh um Mm. but i i you know whenever you brought up at the beginning um the like rachel maddow praising him for being like this aggressive advocate like one of the best advocates that the left has Mm. um so naomi klein in doppelganger um which i finished a little while back um the book is basically about how she has a very similar name, Naomi Klein, to Naomi Wolf. And it became like this mm. joke on her Twitter where people were like, wrong Naomi, because they would be like, so it, it, in a sense, she kind of got to track Naomi Wolf's career as this like famous feminist. She wrote the beauty myth. And this is like this fem- feminist kind of treatise. Um, and people we're kind of like, wow, she's really, you know, like fallen off. I trusted this person. And Naomi Klein to the point where she's like, had like a stock response of like, wrong Naomi. Um, that's not me. <laughs> like, cause she, so that she got this kind of front row seat to this descent into now, uh, Naomi Wolf, um, who was, uh, who Naomi Klein looked up to as a professional. Right. And like met her. Mm, there's a story mm. at the end of the book. That's like kind of fucked up and harrowing, but very telling that like mm. Naomi Wolf is now on, um, the war room with, uh, Steve Bannon. Like he, she's Steve like, Bannon, yeah. she's like in it. And yeah. the same kind of like accolades were, uh, were given to her. And it's like they're Clinton and, and like all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, like, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, advising the Gore campaign. And I think that we need to be especially strict about how we judge our most aggressive allies, because if they don't have a foundation in um, like what she had a foundation is, is white feminism, not Mm -hmm. feminism. She -hmm. was disregarding and discounting a lot of feminist tenets for the sake of her feelings and ignoring a lot of the discussion about feminism in general and so maybe we shouldn't be so surprised whenever these people that just like to fucking fight and like to fucking argue Mm. show up and like oh being aggressive 
isn't necessarily, and I know it's me saying this, isn't necessarily the, um, you know, the the heroic move. I think maybe if they just find yeah. the thing that people want to listen to them argue about. So then whenever these cultural shifts happen, seeing them shift along with it chameleon style, I don't think we should be fucking surprised because, or listen to people yeah. that were like sounding the alarm back whenever they were on top of their game because I bet there's a lot of people that are like, I hear dog whistles up in this and I don't know yeah. about it. Yeah, probably. I I think um I think yeah. If if we're hearing someone say something we agree with, we are far less likely to examine them critically. Uh huh. Um and and that's that's exactly what Jimmy Dore fucking went through. Um, a hundred percent. Everyone was you're, like, hey, you're absolutely he's right. Saying, he's saying lefty things, isn't he? And and then like things progress. You're like, oh no, wait. And now you now you can look back and you can track it. Like and you and you can see like oh. Okay, now I understand where wow. this has come from. It was really there all along. It's just you don't recognize it when it sounds like something you agree with. Um, yeah. And if you yeah, bitch no. about it loud enough, like me, and everybody just calls you fucking crazy. So, and well, and a buzzkill, hey. and you know what I mean. Like that's buzzkills unite. That's why we're here. <laughs> well, it's just it's something that like I, I think that. Um, that is the double-edged sword of like any path up the mountain. Like, oh my God, I wish Russell was not saying this. Oh my God, I wish Russell even mentioned capitalism because I feel like Glenn Greenwald is the best I have heard at towing the line because every single time he started talking, his first sentence or two, I agreed with. Oh yeah. I yeah, absolutely yeah. agreed. But then where he end up, I was like, what plan? Oh, we're on a rocket mm -hmm. to Mars. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is way out of left field and that's yep. um that that's something to like there that's the problem with like oh anyway up the mountain as long as we get there uh, yeah. not necessarily and that's tough yeah yeah that's hard. and and you know with with people like glenn greenwald specifically who do make this transition um from being you know legitimate and and good um at what they were doing especially in a field like journalism um and investigative journalism you know it it, it lends um such a kind of uh such a kind of an amount of credibility um to him as a person and to what he is saying um yeah. and and obviously you know that's being that's being weaponized um you know with the things that he's saying now and that's that's bitterly unfortunate um and consent uh, yeah. can be rescinded at any time that includes yeah, like down yeah. from the julian assange story that he was mm -hmm. like well i don't know which is gross or gross. just i don't trust you anymore mm, yeah. you can trust yeah. someone and then find stuff out and say i don't yeah. trust you yeah. anymore and that's I not like persecution they're not the, being yeah, yeah. punished yes no absolutely um the the left have definitely gone through that with glenn greenwald i think um <sighs> for the most part um but now the right are able to say oh look you know pulitzer prize winning journalist he's on our side um which you know fantastic i do, I do kind of wish there was a way to like have like a hard reset on people um li like with russell you know to just be able to like press a button and be like okay what a, what is it that you do? What are you doing? And instead of Google showing up as actor and comedian, it'll show up, you know, alt-right shithead slash sexual assaulter. Well, okay, I will say great, that great. Googling his yeah. Googling about him is a lot mm. harder now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I will it's say true. that well, Google is doing a decent job of putting the Channel uh, 4 documentary in the Times. Uh, 
it's, it's a much harder experience for Russell anyway. That's, that's sure. what I'm saying. Is at least Russell's. <laughs> yeah. If, if yeah. you give him a Google mm, and, and like any verb. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, true. We we know the man does like to Google himself. So um so hey, that's a fun thing to think about. Um well, all right. If uh if you want to support us on what we do, go to patreon.com slash on brand. Um we'd love it. Come and join us. Come and come and join our electoral conversation and whatever the hell we're gonna be talking about this next week. Not sure yet. Um if you want to get in touch, drop us an email. Uh, it's the onbrandpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you on there as well. Um if you wanna come and join a community of other like-minded individuals. Uh, there's a Facebook group um, which is on Brand Awakening Wonders come and say hi um, and there is also a subreddit um, with lovely people over there and that is uh, r slash on brand underscore pod um, for socials we are the on brand pod in, in everywhere except we're not um, and Check personal socials yeah right uh, personal socials I'm Al, Al Worth official and Lauren is at me.by.lauren.b and we also sell actual gold. Oh, yes, we do. On a magnet. Actual gold on a <laughs> magnet. You can have it on your fridge or anything made of a metal that is acceptable to magnets. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there we are. Any any plugs? Anything? Anything? That's it, I think. That's um, it. All that, right. And then right. there's more magnets that are on my website too so yes can, and go ha- go have a further look at lauren's store you can um, combine shipping on a couple of things so you don't just have to buy one magnet and then ship it you can do a couple there's cool shit i was trying to uh, i was trying to get someone to buy a dolly parton shrine just the other day um so <laughs> so there we go well that there part we of the website is not is the <laughs> consignment on the ground has to be restocked after Christmas before hey, I get we'll to get there. I get we'll to fucks with the website, but magnets are there and they're yeah, we'll get there. You can, you can or if go look Chicago, at all the stuff and you yeah, can go all look my at consignment Lauren's socials spots are on my the, socials. Yeah. Yeah. Go look at all the socials for, for, for all the other cool shit that Lauren makes. And you know, you you'll get it eventually, at the very least, if you want something. If you want yeah. something, because there's cool stuff there. All right. All right, everybody. Well, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Patrons, we'll see you for off-brand. Um, thank you for sticking with us. And, and this bullshit, the open mouth chewing especially. Thank you all for staying. Because, <laughs> ho oh boy. Never oh again. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye-bye.